Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies. The temple destroyed. Sacrifices ceased. The end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The, the Revelation, Revelation Red, Red Pill, the kingdom, kingdom of God, God is now. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hey guys, welcome back to Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. It's Valentine's Day. You know, I still have this down here from the Howards. I was going to take it upstairs um, and start using it as a dish scrubber. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to leave it down for Valentine's Day to remind everybody to go to howardshandmade.com. She just posted these new baskets that she's crocheted that look super awesome. Um, howardshandmade.com. They're part of Bards Nation and Resistance Nation, so we love them so much. Um, but it's like a little cute little Valentine's heart. And, it, you know, I'm wearing a shirt that says love. We're going to talk about the ultimate. Look at how great you look. Ta-da! Leah looks so good for being sick. She's not sick in the name of Jesus. We're going to be one of those Pentecostal people like, deny, deny, deny. You are well in the name of Jesus. Yeah, so what you can't, <laughs> they can see, they can totally see the cloud of glory. That is, I told you they were going to see it the whole time. That is our essential oil. Put it over there. It's great. It's no, like no, a, no, 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 <laughs> It's effects. <laughs> special effects. We never thought we could do the special effects. Smoke machine. I yes, we are that a, cool. I legit have a section today on no, you the clouds. Don't. Yes. The glory, glory clouds. Yes, uh. <laughs> Why are we running the diffuser, Leah? Oh. Oh, it's good. so great. No, it's the smoke machine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, the revival stuff. was amazing on Saturday. We it had miracles. Awesome. God showed up. Um, there was a young man I prayed for who got freed from magic and things like that. He also had a drippy nose, to which I gave to him and he gave to me. So, um, oh, that's nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So th we had so many miracles show oh up gosh. on Saturday. Yeah. And I'm just in love with God right now, and he's in love with us. There is a documentary by Robbie Starbuck and his wife that oh is my free right now. How long is it going to be free for? This Just this week. Okay. So could you, Michelle will grab it, mm -hmm. and she'll put it in the link. Now. I will put it in the description. She'll put, put the, the link in the description. in the description. Now, we prayed in Indiana against Alfred Kinsey. Come on. And that he would be exposed. Yes. Uh, this documentary went out to millions for free this week. And wouldn't you know, it's about Alfred Kinsey. Yes. And the war on children. Guess what else they mention? The Seekus Circle. They call it something else. The no, they said the Seekus. Well, not the Seekus Circle, but the, the Seekus is an actual thing. Right. The Sex Integrated Education. They called it somewhere else, the Sea something. No, they said Seekus. They, they said something, else, but they said something else. They called, okay, called okay. it something else. They called it something else. It was easier uh, to pronounce. Yes, that was see something. So, anyways, the they, this we right prayed now? about this, and and we we asked God to expose Alfred Kinsey, 
And we went to Indiana and we, we prayed for God to move and begin to tear down those walls. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, I get a text message when we after we get home on Monday from uh, Sherry. says, have you seen this? It's free. Go watch it. Yeah. So we watched it last night. And Michelle was upstairs doing some stuff. She was watching separately. And I said, I Michelle, was making did you see that? Valentine's. Yeah, they're so. very cool, by the way. I was like, did you hear that? Nobody has been talking about Alfred Kinsey like this. Yep. And Scott is working on his documentary. What is going on There's another documentary happening. I can't figure out what that is. I don't know. Keep we going. had one lady uh, at the revival. Abigail was there. Leah and Kim came from New Jersey. I want you guys to go watch our... Um, the testimony. The testimony. But one lady was there. She was kicking her foot on a trash can 20 minutes before she came. Mm-hmm. She tried to numb the pain because her foot hurt, her knees hurt, her hips, hips hurt. And Abigail and Leah anointed her with oil, got down on their knees and prayed for her feet. And God took her pain completely away. Yeah, so powerful. The, the testimonies that we have coming out of this, so many people got filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I lost count. I mean, just people being touched by the fire of God. And here's the thing. Equipped. Healed, that straight. That word equipped is the word that I would, if I could sum up, summon, wait, yeah, sum up. That's what I want. Not summon. <laughs> if I could sum up the revival yeah. in any little phrase, it would be that the people that came, came to get equipped and they were equipped. I mean, we sent out warriors from Tag and Becky's shop. Which, oh, oh, did you see what he's calling it now? The damn patch. Fire brigade. Fire brigade. I love it. So, so, tag so here's is the deal. A retired firefighter. They meet together almost every single Saturday. And I'm telling you something. There's a window of heaven opened up. Like you can go in there and you can just see the window of heaven opened up there. So if you live in Indiana and you want to go, just go. Tag All the information Becky. is on the Dan Batch Revival that I posted. Just go Let's to our just, website. We've been asking Holy Spirit to open up places where people can go to get healing. Yes. And Tag and Becky, they've got it. Man, and their associate pastor, Josh, was there. Yeah, that man he is brought on the fire. fire. There, were, there was another couple that randomly came that did ministry. We had a lot of people show up to, to yeah. minister and to get ministered to. So many testimonies coming out of that. Yeah, so I, I thank you all for your prayers. Thank Going you. into that, I know that you guys totally prayed for us, and mm-hmm. we appreciate you. Now, I know that the live stream, there were there were times where it was just kind of like, is that it? It's kind of boring. Uh-huh. Lee and I talked about it afterwards. Out of everything that we did or did not do, if we could change any one thing, we would have done this. And yeah. we'll do this in the, in the future moving forward. After we have miracles or after somebody gets filled with the Holy Spirit, bringing them to you guys to give a little testimony, Right. And we didn't do that because what happens is you get into ministry and you just totally, for as it should be, honestly, totally forget about the live stream camera. Because if I was totally, if I was focused on the live stream, cam- live stream camera, I wouldn't be there in the moment. Okay. But we're going to try to facilitate that better, um, especially even moving forward to um, April 8th. Yeah. So Leah says that she, since the damn patch, she's been feeling the Lord's strength and divine will in more ways. There's a lot going on. And I wanted to share with you guys some words that I sent to Becky and Tag. That's good. That I believe are for everybody. So I want to 
go over some of those. And that this is the jumping board, kind of the catalyst for today's show. We were going to have Jeremy Slayton on tonight. tonight. And I said, Michelle, you know, it's Valentine's Day. Yep. Jeremy Slayton is an ex-professional um, baseball player, and he has done an expose on Darby and you, dispensationalism. J Slay USA on Rumble. J, mm -hmm. the, like the letter, J Slay USA on Rumble. So he is going to be on next week, and He's, he actually uh, went on Sue Peters today. Today to talk about it. Because somebody saw his video, and I'm so proud of him. Mm -hmm. And he called me earlier. I need to call him back. Sorry, Jay. Um, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, this, and he was, at first he was kind of like, I know I am probably made some people mad. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm sure you made people mad, yes. But people are so hungry for the truth. Mm -hmm. Consistently, Leah and I are running into people, and when you present the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. okay, which is Revelation Red Pill, which is we are not expecting things to get worse and worse and worse and, and be just sucked out of here. They go, I knew it. Yeah. I, I knew, knew it. it. I knew it. And we were talking Never about... Never felt right about that yeah, bringing rapture thing. This is one more message from Leah. Love everything. Uh, yesterday was an experience like no other. Seeing the healing people... And she got to see... A 15-year-old got to lay hands on somebody and see him healed right before her eyes. That's huge. There's no one, you know, there's a lot of Hillsong people that I've heard. Well, I don't know if I, I one guy left Hillsong because he said he's never seen a miracle. Oh. Well, you never put yourself in a position to, to be part of one, brother. Come on. Seeing the healing, be, people being filled with the Holy Spirit and receiving their prayer language and literally just the presence of the Holy Spirit in the room. I'm so grateful for all you guys and just the family that we have rooted in the Lord. Not sisters by blood, but sisters in Christ. I love it. With all the travel and stuff, I'm so tired and I imagine everyone is, but I'm praying for more revival to break out. For Tag and Becky to continue to be anointed, and for Vivian, the uh, seven-year-old, to use her gifts as the Lord has given given her. For all of you to be, con uh, for all of you and our continued ministry, prophetic visions and dreams, and overall just walking through life with the armor of God. That's what we are looking for. Amen. Absolutely, the power of God. We were talking to Tag and Becky about the Revelation Red Pill. And they've got it. So I'm very excited about this. I said over their particular tabernacle, basically, that they've set up. People will come in angry and be filled with rage. But the demons cannot enter the property. Come on. And people's spirits will will themselves onto the property. And as soon as they step there, in there, the demons will disembody. Mm. People will feel totally free while they are there. Some demons will reattach when they leave the property. You will teach spiritual warfare so the people will understand what is happening to them. Show them, this is where we're going to get to our tonight's show, Revelation, where Jesus describes the New Jerusalem. Say, when you are here, all the evil stuff of the world has to stay outside. Keep coming back and let us teach you how to enter the New Jerusalem on your own and create spiritual protection zones wherever you go. Mm. Yes, the Dan Patch Tabernacle is a wonderful place, but you will help create more windows to heaven. First, all over your community, and then you will dot out all over Indiana. Then expand into parts of the country and every other, and even other nations as people are connected to friends and family overseas. Windows of heaven everywhere. These are the safe havens that will be that have been prophesied. Your place is one. It's a place free from the attacks of the enemy. It's a safe haven. It's a place of peace and rest. Tag, you are a firefighter. You understand how to go safely into burning buildings. This is the armor of God. Just as you wouldn't enter a burning house without your gear, so you too will not enter into doing deliverance without your gear. Mm, so you can pray good. with people anywhere. 
but encourage people to meet with you at your tabernacle because it is sacred and anointed ground. And I want to go to Revelation. So we're going to go a little bit backwards kind of in time. We're going to go to the end and then we're going to go to the beginning. And I'm actually just going to read my Bible here because we are living now as believers out of the new Jerusalem. So we're going to go to the end of Revelation. We titled this, what did we title it? <laughs> the ultimate love letter. The ultimate love letter, the book of Revelation. Michelle, what does Revelation mean? The unveiling or revealing of Jesus Christ. Does you it, know, I loved how you said, are you going to get to the punchline, the next line that you said? Does it mean in times? No. It's so not Revelation, the I thought, I thought, I thought Revelation meant end times. Nope. So it doesn't mean the end times of Jesus Christ? Nope. It means the revealing of Jesus Christ? Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Now, well, go ahead. It Well, the line that you said, and I just thought this was so good, it doesn't mean the unveiling of the Antichrist. It means the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's where the devil has this foothold, right, in us that we, we are to think that the book of Revelation is the mm -hmm. unveiling of the Antichrist. Mm. It is mm. not. That's really it's the good. the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Exactly. No, you, you said it. It's really good because you said it. I'm going to read to you Revelation chapter 21. And Michelle, you can go ahead and bring up the, I don't know if I sent them to you on your phone or whatever, what I wrote to you on this for tonight's show, and you can read that. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth, earth were passed away. Now, many people think that that's a real earth and a real the, the, the earth is passing away. No, the earth is not going anywhere. That's good. Okay. And there is no more sea. And I, the jaw, and the sea represents the Gentiles, by the way. We've mm -hmm. been over this in other, um, other videos. And I, the John, and I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Do you understand? I want you guys to grab one thing tonight that you're citizens of somewhere else. Paul says, You're strangers. I'm a stranger. Well, where do I live? I live out of heaven. What do you mean I live out of heaven? We aren't just talking about heaven. We're talking about something new. We're talking about a restored Eden, a new Jerusalem, and heaven. Hmm. These three are one. Come on. Okay? <clears throat> heaven has been revamped. Heaven went through a reconstruction. It's new. Hmm. The earth... Went through a reconstruction. It went through a remodel. <laughs> it's new. But it doesn't look new to us because we've been living in it. <laughs> we weren't here before the remodel. We weren't here before the remodel. And that's the biggest thing that I think Christians fail at mm -hmm. because we don't know history. And mm -hmm. if you were here before the remodel, I know this is a cheesy explanation. Mm -hmm. Okay? I grew up watching Beauty and the Beast. Leah, how many times have I seen that cartoon? A gazillion. Okay, so I grew up watching this movie and you had to watch it because I was playing it like every day, okay, mm -hmm. for a long time. At the end of the movie, if you've never seen the Disney cartoon, I know Disney's junk, but just go with me here. The whole palace or wherever he lives transforms from darkness mm -hmm. to light and life. Like the cold yeah. trees come to life. The gargoyles turn into nice little statues, mm -hmm. right? Like everything about it. And then, of course, the beast turns into a man. Okay? Right. So everything that's dark 
comes to life. Right. That's what happened in AD 70. Wait, 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 Shell, didn't that happen when Jesus died on the cross? Yes, it began. Mm -hmm. Okay, but it completed in AD 70. And so all of that darkness that was no longer had authority. Now, but Michelle, it doesn't feel like we're living in some sort of perfection. That's because now that we have a, a baseline to work with, it is our job to pull heaven down to earth. Okay, like, okay, so the so it started the ascension, the dissension then, right? So wait, Michelle, you just said it completed. The authority that we walk in now, okay? The reversal of the curse. Okay. The punishment of the wicked. So let's read this from St. Anasius on the Incarnation. You can go ahead and read it. Ignatius. When did the people begin to abandon the worship of idols? Unless it were since the very word of God came among men. When are oracles ceased and become... have. Thank you. Have oracles ceased and become void of meaning among the Greeks and everywhere, except since the Savior has revealed himself on earth. When did those whom the poets call gods and heroes begin to be adjudged as mere mortals, except when the Lord took the spoils of death and preserved incorruptible the body he had taken, raising it from among the dead? Or when did the deceitfulness and madness of Damien's fall under contempt, save when the word, the power of God, the master of all these as well, condescended on account of the weakness of mankind and appeared on earth? When did the practice and theory of magic begin to be spurned underfoot? if not at the manifestation of the divine word to men. In a word, when did the wisdom of the Greeks become foolish, save when the true wisdom of God revealed himself on earth? In old times, the whole world and every place in it was led astray by the worship of idols, and men thought the idols were the only gods that were. But now, all over the world, men are forsaking the fear of idols and taking refuge with Christ, and by worshiping him as God, they came through him to know the father also whom formerly they did not know so Thanks. it's not it's not saint ignatius saint it's on the incarnation the point of this was jesus came and people stopped worshiping idols now we all look and we know that the greek gods aren't real when did we start to know the greek gods were just made up stories mm. when the real god jesus came that's good Leo. okay new heaven and new earth and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from, from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This right here, the revealing of Jesus Christ at the end of the book and, <clears throat> and all subsequent chapters is the most beautiful love story. This is a man, a God who became flesh, who became man, who slayed the dragon and won the bride. Yes. This is the ultimate love story. What did I send to you? Can you bring that up? Absolutely. You can read it. No, this was really good. Leah texted this to me yesterday. And I heard a voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God. Pause. For our podcast listeners, it sounded like I was getting ready to read it. I will read in a second what Leah sent yesterday. Now you're reading out of the book of Revelation. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God shall be with them and be their God. This right here has to be now because we know that right now God dwells with us now and not later. So this and everything after this 
is for now. This is the most beautiful love story that was ever written. You know why? Because then it says, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. In heaven, there are no tears. When you are seated in heavenly places, you're not crying. Come on. I'm telling you, you're not sad. You're not depressed. All right. There's no more death. Guess what? You can't die. There's no more sorrow. There's no more crying. Neither there should be any more pain. When you're living out of heaven, all of these things are wiped away. The former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. Do you understand? There is not two two prophecies here. Uh, he doesn't say, I'm going to make all things new, and then I'll make things all new again. Come the on. newness came when Jesus came, he rose again, and then we had a, a period of shaking, which we're going to talk about today in the last days, in the last times, as Jesus Christ was being uh, revealed as the king, as there was a shaking, as there was a moving from the old Jerusalem to the new Jerusalem. Is the old Jerusalem gone? Yes, we have a new Jerusalem. This is why the Zionism is mixed up because they're saying this Jerusalem, this Jerusalem in Israel, this Jerusalem, look to this, look to this, look to this. When Christ himself is saying all of the apostles that everybody is saying the new Jerusalem is now with us. We are tabernacling with God right now. It's not a place in the Middle East. It's now something that covers the whole earth as we live out of the new Jerusalem. Okay. And he says it is done. What did you say on the cross? It is is finished. Mm. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I will give to him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Do we have that now? Do we have it now? Yes, he says, come to me, you who are thirsty, and I will give you something to drink. He that overcomes will inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. This is the theme of Revelation to the seven churches. Overcome, overcome, hang on, hang on, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Some people say, Leah, if you're saying that many or most of the things in Revelation's prophetic word is fulfilled, what do we have to look forward to? That's weird. Everything. Do you have, can you read the book of Daniel? You know what this is like? Does it mean anything to you? Okay, hang on. Can I just, okay, just everyone, please pay attention. And for 2,000 years, it means it means nothing to them? You know what I think this is like? Okay. You, this is the best I can do. Go with me on this. You inha- you inherit, let's just say, like, a billion dollars. I like that mm-hmm. figure. That's a good figure. Okay. You've inherited a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay? It is your job to go to, to the bank. And get it. And go and get it. Mm-hmm. It's sitting there. Mm-hmm. You got to go and get it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, everybody... You don't know you've inherited a billion dollars. Okay? This is good. I'm telling you. You don't know you've inherited a billion dollars. You think one day you will inherit a billion dollars. Okay? And it's going to come and just land in your lap and it's going to be right there. Mm -hmm. Right? You find out instead of having to wait for an unknown time that may not even be you, it might be your children. Okay? Or your children's children's children is going to get this billion dollars. You may not, you may or may not get this billion dollars. And instead, you find out you already have it. You just have to go and get it and start making withdrawals, withdrawals from it. And then you say to us, but then what do we have to look forward to? What? Mm-hmm. What? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What do you have to look forward to? You have to look forward to that you get to go to the bank and keep making withdrawals. And you know that that money is there. 
Always. And you can keep going back and getting it. And one day, you and everybody else in your life is going to have withdrawn it all. And then you're going to be living like fat kings. Okay? And what I mean by that is, Jesus said, let me tell you what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a little tiny mustard seed, or mustard seed that grows up into a big tree. It's like a little bit of leaven. There's two times Jesus talks about leaven. One's about the kingdom of God and one's about bad things. But we're going to go with the kingdom of God one right now. It's like a little leaven that works its way into, into the bread. So we know that the kingdom of heaven is already there. It's in the bank. It's right there. Now, we have to go to the bank and keep withdrawing so that more and more of that is here on yeah. earth or here with us. And then people come and tell you, I can't with this smoke machine. People come and tell you, what do we have to look forward to just because you got to go to the bank and start making yeah. these withdrawals? Uh, it's really, I mean, it, it's silly. That All right, was a so good. It's it's very good. But thank I, got, you. I have a whole big show. Hey, Leah. It's good. Do you know what? I'm about to just have an issue with you. Okay. Okay. That's the such other a great. Day, that's, that's, that's the so other good. day, you forgot or missed the time of I know. the show. I know. I, I monologued. For 50 minutes and everything was okay. Yeah. So if I have a little something to say, the rest of your show will get done. Oh, it's I know. okay. Okay. It's okay. Okay. Breathe in this smoke machine. I am breathing it in. All right. I'm going to smoke it at you. But the fearful and unbelieving, the abom... This, is, this was actually the, the scripture that I wanted to share with Becky and Tag. This is really important. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the adulterers and the liars, they uh, shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. Uh, oh, wait, is that the one I wanted? Actually, there's on the outside. There's That's part of it. I'm going to get to the people on the outside. And there came unto me, came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. And he talked to me saying, Come hither, and I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to the great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like a stone. I want you to, I want you to, we're going we're gonna to discuss some things that are going to be renewed here that we walk in. Water, mm. precious stones mm. in the mountain, okay? Having the glory of God, her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone clear as a crystal. And there was a wall great and high and had 12 gates and the gates were 12 angels names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. And it talks about the city of God and the foundation and how, how the city is built. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was Jasper, mm. the second Sapphire, the third, a Chalcedony, the fourth, an emerald, the fifth, Sardonyx, the sixth, Sardis, the seventh, Chrysolite, the eighth, Burl, the ninth, Topaz, the tenth, Chrysoprasus, and the eleventh, Jacinth, and the twelfth, Amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. We're going to get, this is really important. Every several gate was one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. And I, saw, I didn't see a temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple in it. We are now tabernacling with God. Yeah. This is not something for the future. It can't be something for the future. Because otherwise it would say the temple was with them for 2,000 years and then mm -hmm. the temple became more with them. Yeah, that's good. It doesn't say that. This is for now. This is the love letter. This is the revealing of Jesus, the, the husband to the bride, the king coming for his bride. And he you brings and I, jewels. And yeah. 
Right. And the city has no need of the sun, neither the moon, uh, to shine in it, for the glory of God did light it, and the Lamb therein. And the nations of them which were saved shall walk in the light, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. You see, what happened is after Jesus died and rose again, and as the, as the kingdom began to be revealed, then the whole of all the nations began to pour into the kingdom of God. And we've seen this. We have the beauty of looking back historically to see all these nations pouring into the kingdom of God. And we, we know that there's still more that need to pour into the kingdom of God. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no more night. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. This is a continual thing that is happening over time. This is the prophetic word of the nations coming into the kingdom and the nations coming into the kingdom. Do you understand what this means? That the, that, that the governance of God and the kingdom of God are one. Mm. What does it mean to have the nations? There is no separation between politics and the kingdom. It's all one thing because this, the prophetic word is that the nations call come into the kingdom. Good. Do you understand? The kingdom isn't reaching into the nations. You think that you're going into the nations. What you're trying to do and what you're doing is you're bringing the nations into the kingdom. That's good. Okay? Yeah. The nations and the people and the kings are coming into the kingdom. Okay? And there shall no wise enter into it. And this was the scripture I was talking about. Anything that defiles, neither whatsoever makes an abomination or lies, uh, uh, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he showed me a pure river, so water of life, crystal, proceeding out of the throne of the Lamb of God. Now, we're going to talk about Eden because we want, I want you guys to grab as your Valentine is the, is the restoration of Eden tonight. I Michelle? Just, I just love, I'm sorry. It's I love it. It's a really great day. It, it is. Okay. It I'm, is. Bring it up. No. Um, finish reading that, and then I want to read, just because it is Valentine's Day, I'm going to read that post that I made about... St. Valentine. Okay. Today. Well, At some point tonight. Okay, right. So I want you, Michelle. I have your Do post you remember too. the rivers in the Bible? Yeah. So in Eden, all life and all rivers flowed out of Eden. It's amazing to even think about, right? Now, there's two rivers that don't exist anymore mm -hmm. and two rivers that do exist. But all water and all life, and that was the flood rearranged the rivers. All water and all wa life flowed from the Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. all of it. And now in the restored Eden, in the Garden 2.0, he showed me a pure river, water of life, clear as, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of the, God of, of, of the God of Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was a tree of life, which bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded to her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Come on. What's important about this is that you don't need healing in heaven. Oh, come on. But what preach. you do need is to enter heaven, live out of the new Eden, grab the leaves, and go heal the nations. Let's stinking go. The leaves of the trees, as, as you are planted back in Eden, mm. you grab those leaves and you go bring healing to the nations. I love it. And there's no <laughs> more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be there in there, and the servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. They say that the mark of the beast is written on where? Your hand on your forehead, 666. Yep. yep. That is a figurative, it's not real. Because the opposite of that is that his name. Come on, Leah. Is written on our foreheads. So let's pause there for a second since this is Because we don't have God in heaven. You're not going to have Yahweh written on your forehead. 
This is Revelation Red Pill. It's in your mind. And I know you guys have missed kind of going back to some of this stuff, and it's good. And I think you'll, you'll enjoy it, and you can share this kind of stuff with your friends. When we're talking about the mark of the beast, when we are unbrainwashing ourselves from what the church has told us for the past 150 years, what the mark of the beast is, and it's really evolved over the years because Jesus hasn't come back as they predicted, and so they keep moving the ball forward, and as they move the ball forward, the predictions get more grandiose and so on and so forth. So they talk about the chip in your hand. They talk about the chip in your forehead and, you know, eye implants and ocular things and, and all of that. It's not literal because the Bible is full of both literal and figurative um, imagery and words and statements. And so you have to be able to differentiate between when something is, is speaking literally and when it's speaking figuratively. With this specifically that Leah just talked about, if the opposite of having God's name written on our hands and our forehead is the mark of the beast being on your forehead and your hands, you don't get to switch in and out from imagery to fact, mm -hmm. right? You don't get to do that. So they both have, they're either both imagery or they are both fact. And I think anybody reading that the name of God is written on our foreheads understands well, he that says, that's imagery. I will write my law upon your heart. Exactly. As you're, uh, can you open up my heart right. and see his law written there? Right. Okay. Psalm, uh, Psalm verses one. Blesses the man that walks not in the counsel of the Almighty, nor stands in the way of sinners. His delight shall be in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be mm. as a tree planted by the river of water, which brings fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. This is a prophetic word that's Psalm chapter 1 of Revelation chapter 22, verse 2. So do, do our bodies literally grow wooden roots? And do we now, are we like some sort of stoic tree planted by water? His delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he does meditate day and night. You're like the tree planted yes. by, and you're going to bring forth fruit <clears throat> in your season. And the leaf is going to be for the healing of the nations. This is the prophetic uh, fulfillment of this. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and the servant shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name will be written on the foreheads. There will be no more night there, no more need of a candle or light, for the light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. What does Jesus say? I am the, the light, light of the, the world. world. He that walks in me shall not have any darkness. It's so simple. It's almost stupid simple. Okay. And he said to me, these are the, these are faithful and true. He's saying, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servant the things which must what? Shortly come to pass. Shortly be done. Shortly, Shortly come to pass. And then he says what? Behold, I come quickly. quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the saying of this book. And then he says in verse 10. Do not seal up the saying of the prophecy of this book, for the time is what? Now. At hand. At hand. So in, in just three or four verses, we have, I come quickly. At hand. Shortly. Shortly. At hand. I come quickly. Shortly. At hand. I come quickly. Shortly. At hand. I come quickly. Shortly. At hand. But this Leah, was a day with the Lord. Oh, my gosh. Stop. Is as a thousand years old. Okay, well, if it had, if maybe if there was only one quickly, <laughs> it's, the, it's throughout the whole book. But no, let, hang on though, because quickly is a is different than saying a day with the Lord. Okay, yeah. and that is actually referring to heaven. Yeah. By the way, all right. Yeah. So a day with the Lord 
is equal to a thousand years, meaning it's so full, it's so rich, it's so, you know, whatever. He's not saying that a day to the Lord, that the Lord considers a day a thousand years. Verse 12. And behold, I come quickly. Oh, <laughs> this is number four. Let's number go. four. Let's go. And my reward is with me and to give every man according to who has his work shall be. This goes to the first two chapters. Amen. Or two, three chapters of Revelation where we're talking to the seven churches. And he says, if you stick with me, if you read, if you, and we're going to get to what this means. If you, if you endure, 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 you're going to have the reward. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. Behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. Blessed are they that do his commandments and they may have the right to eat of the tree of life that they may enter in through the gates of the city. Very interesting in Eden, there was one gate. There was one way in. It was on the east. Now there's seven gates in the city. <laughs> For outside, outside are outside. dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loveth to make a lie. Make it a lie. This is not your thou This is not what 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 most people would consider a thousand year reign. Well, and honestly, what you can because there are major sinners happening. People say, "Hey, Leah, Michelle, I don't see how we can't have no tears and no curse and no nothing when the world is bad." Well, I'm sorry because Revelation chapter 22 verse 15 says it's going to be. Says outside are barking dogs, sorcerers, whore, people sleeping around. You're going to have people who are murdering. You're going to have people who are committing idolatry. People who are lying are outside of this but new Jerusalem. Leah, maybe people are sleeping around in hell. You think they're having fun down there while no, they're being burned you, in no eternal torment? There's no murder in hell. That's, the death is over. There's Come no. On. There's Come no sorcery on. happening in hell. They're just lit. Hell is a place of torment. You don't get to. There's no magic in hell. There's no sorcery in hell. There's no fornicating in Come hell. On. It's literally an internal punishment. Let's go. So that means this is Earth, baby. Boom. This is what is happening right now, and he puts it. He puts it here right smack in our faces. The kingdom of God is going to be expanding. The new Jerusalem is expanding. And as it expands, it pushes out against murder. It pushes out against adultery. It pushes out against sex trafficking. But it's always on the outside. Mm. It's in the world. Be in the world, but not of the world. Be of the new Jerusalem. Can I get you an amen? Amen. This right here is a scripture to tell you that the, 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 the thousand year reign, that they're trying to tell you that the dispensationalist, premillennialist of some wonderful time when Jesus is ruling reigning. If Jesus is, is sitting here, they want to say that he'll be more powerful when he's actually here on earth. He will never be more powerful than he is right now. And we actually sing songs like that, right? Mm -hmm. I've never been more loved than I am right now. But also, He's never going to be more powerful hand, than hand, he hand, is hand. right now. He says, behold, I have given you power over all the power of the enemy. Yeah. There's no more than that. There's no more power and over Jesus, the power right. of the enemy than all the power. So I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. Read irrelevance. Read irrelevance. Okay? I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Come, come, come. Come. And he that hears say, come. That's us. We're the bride. And we're telling people to come. Let him that is a thirst come. Come, come. And whosoever will, let him drink of the water of life freely. Let him drink right now. Mm-hmm. 
And if any man shall take away from the words of this book. Does it book, say drink right now or did you add I that? say that. <laughs> God so? shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things written in this book. And he which testifies of these things says, surely I come quickly. One chapter, five times. At hand, quickly, quickly, shortly, and sh shortly, uh, I think, at hand, quickly, quickly, and don't seal them up for the time is at hand. So at hand, lots of at hands. Okay, here we come. And We're now. Coming. And now. Now, 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 now. Now, now. No. You know, and you know that you are these trees of righteousness because we talk about this. We have some dear friends who put on a conference. It's called Isaiah 61. Love it. Oh, oh, oh. Little plug and advertisement. We will be live streaming that, okay, prior April to April 8th. April 1 through 5. It's April 1st through the 5th. If you need deliverance or you know somebody that needs deliverance, you need to send them or you need to go with them to the Isaiah 61 conference in Yuba City, California, April 1st through the 5th. We will be live streaming it again, just like we did last time. But I would highly encourage you to go in person if you are able. Pray about it. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to heal up the brokenhearted. He proclaimed liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the what? Day of the vengeance of our God. I love that one. 8070 is a day of vengeance. To comfort all that mourn, to point them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called what? Trees of righteousness. And the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. You are trees of righteousness. You're the planting of the Lord. This is the this is the good news. This is the holy. This is the awesomeness that I want to share with you guys. Go ahead and read the intro that I had, and then you can tell people about Saint Valentine before we move on. All right, the Book of Revelation is about the revealing of Jesus Christ, not about the revealing of the Antichrist. It is not a book about predictions for the future. It is the winding and weaving together of all the prophecies in the Old Testament. It is God's plan for the redemption of mankind and the rebuilding and restoration of Eden. It is not only a book about long-suffering, patience, and justice, but ultimately about God's love for us and Jesus' love for his bride. It is the ultimate love letter. It has dragons and scorpions, angels and demons, the ultimate battle of good versus evil, and the triumph of the righteous king who claims his bride. The best part, they live happily ever after. The major difference is... This is not a made-up story. It's not about one man and one woman, but everyone partakes in this love story. And so hang on a minute. Now, I know Facebook, <clears throat> don't feel badly about this because it doesn't show me when you leave. We have Dr. Eric Naputi in the house. What? My boy, I dreamt about you the other day and your wife and kids. Dude, we need to get Eric back on the show. Yes. I know stuff's going on. He was on Del Bigtree. It was so good. Yeah, they did a whole expose. He literally took on the government. They sued him for $500 billion. That, that's where that be. Half a trillion dollars. That's where that be. And he won. And he did. That's my boy. Because he told everybody to take vitamin D. Yep. Vitamin D. Yep. I love that man. Vitamin D. I say Eric, you need I some vitamin you, D dominion. Right. Remember, it doesn't tell me when you leave. It just tells me when you show up because you're my friend on Facebook. So you can feel free to bow out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so let me read this that I, I'm not going to lie, I posted this a couple years ago, it showed up in my um, feed again, so I reposted it like it was new. Uh, Valentine's Day, I get it, it's a difficult day for many. I'm seeing a lot of posts that say how much they hate this day. My heart breaks for you, my friends. When I was a child, my mom wrote, would uh, write us little Valentine's notes or leave us little Valentine's gifts. We didn't have any money at all. 
but she did it to show that we were loved and valued. This is this ties into the book of Revelation, the ultimate love letter. Okay, you are loved and valued. When you wake up on Valentine's Day thinking about yourself and how you don't have anyone or the person that you do have doesn't do what you feel like they should do on this day, you're missing an opportunity to make others feel special. The idea that Aww. sending a Valentine has to be in a romantic capacity is absolutely absurd. Yeah. We can take this day and use it to just spread love, Christ's love, yes. to show those around us that they are valued. This show right now is our Valentine to you guys, by yes. the way, that you are valued, you are special. It's that simple. <clears throat> My friend Beth shared this years ago on here. St. Valentine, he assisted martyrs under Claudius II's persecution. He refused to renounce his love of Christ and was beaten and beheaded on February 14th, 20, 270 AD. That furious love is celebrated the day before a superstitious holiday on the 15th where boys would draw names of girls to send affection to or have bad luck and romance for the year. Celebrate today Valentine's understanding of Christ's furious love for you. Now, I want to read the story of Valentine's Day. Valentine was a third century pastor in Rome. A new emperor came to power, Claudius II. He had a perplexing problem, a shortage of men to fight battles for his army. He discovered that the main reason was that married men did not want to be separated from their wives and children for a long time fighting in a foreign country. His solution, he outlawed marriage. Valentine and other pastors were shocked. They had a major decision to make, obey God or Emperor Claudius. Valentine made the decision to obey God. He kept on performing marriages. When Claudius heard about Valentine's rebellion, he had a Valentine he had Valentine thrown in jail. Members of his congregation wrote little notes that were smuggled to him in prison. We love you. Stand fast in the faith. Faith, love your jailers. We are praying for God's deliverance. Valentine wrote notes back, always signing from your Valentine. Valentine was executed on February 14th. 270 for upholding biblical marriage and refusing to worship the Roman gods. What can we take away from this true story? Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. I want to show you guys this Valentine that my mom, I found this and I had made a post of it. She wrote all sorts of really cool things on it. She made it. Um, and it's just literally, it says Michelle, Michael, fearless. She wrote all these words. She is the greatest. I'm reading this for you so you can know how my mom really feels about me. Um, the greatest gift I have ever received. That, that's me, not you. Um, what a difference she makes. I love her. And then it's got Leah and a big arching and then says, Mommy. This is like from 1990. Um, I love the way she is. And uh, she loves life. She investigates. She's delicate. She's vibrant. She's enthusiastic and inventive. My mom keeps saying how inventive I am in this Valentine. Now, my mom spoke and wrote life over Leah and I constantly growing up, whether it was for Valentine's Day or she was always writing us notes. And my mom had a really, really hard life at that time. Okay. So we all have an opportunity to speak life. So many people look at Leah and I and they're like, Man, your mom must be amazing. Yep. Like, seriously, because she spoke life over us, we grew that life within us. So when we're looking at the book of Revelation and we're looking actually at the entire Bible, which is the ultimate love letter, by the way, these are words that you need to speak over yourself, over your friends, over your family, over your coworkers, and you will speak love and life in to them. And so what I loved about that little snippet of St. Valentine's, St. Valentine, it goes to this documentary that came out yesterday. He was upholding God's view of marriage. Yes. And he was killed for it. Yes. Okay. So when we think about Valentine's Day, I get that it's become a corporate holiday of chocolates and flowers, right? And it seems very useless. 
But it's not if we take it back as a day where we stand and we uphold marriage, that yeah. they cannot take that from us. Yeah. And I don't think that the timing of Robbie Starbucks, the war on our children coming out yesterday is coincidental. I think no, all not. of heaven knew that going into Valentine's Day, knowing the history of St. Valentine, I think that's huge. No, so there I you do. Go. That's what I, I have. I do. Are we in the last days? Now, this is my Valentine's to you guys, too, because I know you guys like to talk about last days. <laughs> okay. So here we go. We're going to talk about the last days and the last hour. Now, write this down. The last days is the period between Christ's birth and the destruction of Jerusalem, period. End of story. Uh-oh. The early church. Now, I'm going to tell you something. David Chilton. He's got, like, three books. Get them all. Read them all. Everybody wants to know what, what books I recommend. David Chilton. You got uh, one right there, Paradise Restored. Where is it? Next to your mug, behind your mug. Behind my mug. This is right now. I am going to be quoting from this book right now for the rest of the show. I'm going to be quoting from Paradise the Restored. Biblical Theology of Dominion. Yes, Pentecost was just the beginning. So I'm going to be quoting from this one today. All right? So thank you, Michelle, for that. I thought that. Right there. Boom, look at that. Wow, nice right little there. visual aid for this There's visual that, show. And we then have. the Days of Vengeance. That's really good. Those are also on audiobook and they are free PDFs. Free audio, nice. free PDFs. Um, you don't have to, you don't have no monies. Where? Don't, all over the internet. Okay. All over the internet. <laughs> okay. okay. This whole period of time must be considered as the time of Christ's first advent. In both the Old and New Testament, the promised destruction of Jerusalem is, still, is considered to be an aspect of the work of Christ. Mm. We talked about this. Intimately connected to his work of redemption, his life, death, and resurrection, ascension, outpouring of the Spirit, and judgment on Jerusalem are all parts of one work. Why, why do I say that? Because we just read Revelation chapter 61, and there's one word, vengeance, the days of of vengeance, of the God. days of vengeance. Everything that happens with Isaiah 61, this is what happens with people who get really confused about the book of Daniel. They're like, oh, Daniel's 49 weeks is separated from his 50th week. We've got the days of vengeance are 2,000 years separated. Daniel's 70s week, 70 weeks. 70 weeks, sorry, sorry. Daniel's 70 weeks, 49 plus 49, yeah. The 70, the 69 into the 70th week, thank you. Not the 49 into the 50th You're welcome. I keep you on track. Thank you. You have, so, somewhere. just a reminder, someone was asking what's in the smoke. It's not smoke. No, this is, it it's is. It's an essential it's oil It's a visual diffuser. effect. Put that down. Shh. It is, it is the glory of God. The glory of God keeping whatever in, funk you got going on up in you from getting in We're going to talk about the clouds and the glory, and it's here right now You're in the manifest presence of God. Up. Okay? Look at it. <laughs> it is a manifest presence. Okay, so this is the manifest presence of God we're going to talk about. We're talking about that. It's really powerful. Okay? The days of vengeance are connected to the days of healing, redemption, work. All right? Let's talk about the Bible here in the end of the age. 1 Timothy 1, 4, 1 through 3. You want to read this, Michelle, here? This part here? Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times... In latter times. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. Again, looking at that time <laughs> from St. Valentine, which would have been... 270 AD, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Acts chapter 15. Acts 15. They're getting together. Yep. Because things 
are not going as as clearly as they had hoped because there's yep. some confusion because all these Jews came to know Jesus, but Jesus didn't say much mm. about the end of all the temple stuff. Yep. That was kind of revealed to them as they began to understand the Old Testament mm. and they began to, they, they, I, I believe Jesus he didn't because he took 40 well, days to show Okay, himself. I believe that he had to, but it's not a lot like, in, hey. he says all these things are going to change. He says right. that the temple is going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Okay, he says the temple is going to be destroyed. Yeah. But they're still kind of continuing on and they're waiting. They're all waiting. Jesus had predicted the last days. Yes. Matthew 24, Jesus said, you guys, this generation, all these things are going to happen. Everything's going to change. But he didn't lay out exactly what was going to happen in the way that they exactly understood, even though he pretty much did. He said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, don't get out of Dodge. Don't stay in the city. Flee Flee to the town. So he's explaining this to them, but they're waiting for it. Okay, the latter days, the latter days, the latter, the latter days. Was Paul talking about the latter days or what would happen, which would happen like a thousand years? That doesn't make any sense. Why is he warning Timothy of events? Why is Jesus warning the disciples and he says, this is going to come on you and your generation? Why is it that there is Paul and the disciples are all saying we're in the last times and we're going to get to some of these scriptures? Write this down. This is a note-taking scriptural night, okay? First Timothy... Isn't it every week? Yeah, First Timothy 4, 1 through 3. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, okay? Was Paul talking about the latter times, which would happen a thousand years later? Why should he warn Timothy of events, which Timothy and Timothy's great-great-great-great-grandchildren or 50 or more generations, they're never going to see. Why is he saying this? Why is he warning them? In fact, Paul tells Timothy, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you're going to be a good minister to Christ. Why is he instructed? Well, he's got to lay it out for people in the in the generation, which everybody who reads the book is thinking they're in the generation. The members of Timothy's congregation needed to know what was going to take place in the latter days because they were going to see the things happen. Okay? You know what I love about, like, when Corey Gray gave us his testimony originally, and he said he was in jail, and he was reading the Bible, and he gets out, and... Then all of a sudden they throw on him this modern end times theory. And he's like, this this is a perfect example of somebody. If you just read the Bible. Yeah. The way the Bible is written, you will never come up with any of this nonsense that's going to happen later because you're reading Jesus. So you're like, hey, I like this dude. He's Mm -hmm. my savior now. So I'm supposed to believe everything that he says. And I'm reading his story that he gave and he's talking to his buddies and he's talking to the people of his time. And he's telling all this stuff's going to quickly come to pass. And then Corey gets out of jail and he runs into people. No, 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 no. Right. That's for 2000 years later. And it's a head scratcher. Right. But Paul is talking. Here's here's another one. He's talking to people in Colossians. And he's talking about the doctrines of demons. He's warning. Jesus said, in the last days, mm-hmm. there will be some who fall away. Mm. There will be apostates. Yes. There will be some who rise up to say that they're the Messiah. Yeah. And it happened. And remember, when I'm talking about the, the they, they called them the Judaizers. And we're going to talk about the Antichrist tonight. And I'm going to kind of give you a punchline. He who the Antichrist is only mentioned in the book in the in the book of John, First mm. John, First John, Second John, in John's epistles. And it's not a person; mm. it's a mentality. Right. It's like and there the are spirit many. of there are. And it says there are many Antichrists. The spirit of Antichrist, of which are among you even now, he says. The spirit of Antichrist denies mm-hmm. that Jesus is Lord. 
that right. Jesus is king. Right. And there were people in the in the Jewish community that had got into the Christian community and wanted to pull them back into the Jewish traditions. Yes. Back into worshiping in the temple, back into keeping the law. And and you hear it because you see the words talking about food, talking about going back to all the different things. It says, he literally says, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving. Bacon. Okay, forbidding to marry. Bacon. All right. So in okay, these, maybe they didn't have bacon back in, then. In these, in these latter times. Now, what are these doctrines of demons? In, in Colossians 2, 18 through uh, 30, uh, 23. Go ahead and read this. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times me, will come. Let me write this down so you guys can look it up. Colossians 2, it says, Colossians 2, 18 through 23. Why does it say 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 8? Oh, okay. So Colossians 2, we're talking about the doctrines of demons. And now uh, in into Timothy. Okay, this is 2 Timothy 3. So go ahead. Sorry. But know this, in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgivers, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, despisers lovers. Despisers of good, comma, traitors. Despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power. And from such people, turn away. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. If they're supposed to turn away from those people, mm. it doesn't mm. say in 2,000 years in the future there will be these people. He's saying in the latter days, he's saying, want y'all to you do need this to turn right away now. from these people as these latter days, these latter days is this time between Jesus' ascension and the destruction of Jerusalem. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of tr the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so also do these resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. This is a really great book by R.C. Sproul called The Last Days According to Jesus. It makes the case <laughs> that, the last, that when the last days were. Okay, because reader relevance, context, do not, cannot, never will put this in 2,000 years in the future. Come on. It can't. It cannot. We'll talk about it a little bit more. I love this from Lorraine. Even the elect, and then she puts in parentheses, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the Sadducees will be deceived. So the very well things said. that Paul said would happen, thank you, Lorraine, uh, in the last days were happening as he wrote, and he was warning Timothy of mm -hmm. what to expect. The, the Antichrist spirit was rearing its head. Uh, there were some other New Testament writers that shared the perspective of Paul. The letter to the Hebrews begins by saying that God has what in these last days? Mm. In the latter days, in the last days, in these. So if I'm saying that I'm in this house, okay. am I in this house? Everything is relevant. In these last days, spoken to us by his son. Did yes. Jesus speak? Did did Jesus speak to them? Yes. yes. In these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. He doesn't say in the future. It doesn't Come say in two thousand years. Let's go. The writer goes on to show that once at the end of the ages, he has appeared. He has appeared. He has 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 appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That is Hebrews chapter nine verse twenty six. Now once at the end of the ages, at the end of the ages. Peter wrote that Christ was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in what? 
in these last times for you who through him are believers of God. What's fascinating here is this is has is a past tense word. Okay. Really, really. And so when it really. says now once at the end has a at the end of the ages has appeared, which means the end of the ages was right then when Paul was writing it. But he has appeared in these last days. When did Jesus appear? In the last days. And when did Jesus appear? In AD and, uh, yeah. 33, would you want an exact yeah. date? Jesus was alive in, in eight, he started year zero-ish. Ish, uh, okay. It's like Celsius, Baron. First Peter 1, 20 through 21. Uh, right there? No, no, that's what I'm telling you. That's where oh, that's at. Okay. So in these last days, this was bringing in the kingdom age. Here it comes. All right. Now, from Pentecost to Holocaust. Ooh. On the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit had been poured out on the, on the Christian community, and everybody spoke in tongues. Acts chapter 2, 16 through 20. This is that which was spoken of through the prophet Joel. <clears throat> and it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Maid servants. Those are women. Just wanted to put a little that in there. Case anybody was no, everybody's allowed. Women are allowed to prophesy, but prophesying yeah, is but over. you know so. what? He's pouring out his spirit. Okay, I will show wonders in heavens above, and signs in the earth beneath, and blood and fire and vapor and smoke. Even though it's not smoke, it's vapor. Um, so they had essential oil diffusers. That's what that's prophesying right the there. The sun shall be turned to the darkness, and the moon to blood, before the great and coming Effects. day of the glory. Say the Lord. So this is that which vapor. was spoken no, of. I'm just feeling really good about it. It's not just smoke. It's vapor. Okay. So this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. He is saying that in these last days, in the last days, that's what that was Joel talked At about. At what point are we going to sing the song? Because every time you do it, I can't. In the last days we're in, all the coldness is raining down on me. Oh, yes, it's raining, raining down on me. Yes, it's raining, raining, can't you see? In the last days we're in, the glory of the Lord descends, raining down on me. It says, it goes, in the last days, Joel prophesied the Holy Ghost would come my way. Something like that. It says, in the last days, Joel prophesied. Joel prophesied in the last days the Holy, Holy Ghost would come my way. I was I was a little mixed up. Okay, I'm just saying Joel prophesied in the last days. What's hilarious to me is like most of the dispensationalists who believe that we're in the last days are Baptist, and, and so, they don't sing that song. But no, what's funny is that I'm like, guys, if you think we're in the last days, then you should be welcoming the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Whoa. But they, you know what I mean? Yeah, so they should be looking. Jesus ain't come back till if, 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 at your timetable till everybody starts prophesying. Spirit. Oh, Jesus coming back, man. Okay. But save this, in uh, Peter urged his listeners, be saved from this perverse generation. Mm, mm, Jesus mm. said, upon this generation, mm-hmm. and Peter says, say, be saved from this per- perverse generation. I want to read here uh, Isaiah 28, 11 oh, through 19. Good. Indeed, he will speak to this people through stammering lips and a foreign tongue, that they may go and stumble backward and be broken and snared and taken captive. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, O scoffers, who rule this people who are in Jerusalem, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol, we have made a pact. 
When the overwhelming scourge passes through, it will not reach us, for we have made falsehood our refuge, and we have concealed ourselves with deception. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation firmly placed. He who believes in it will not be in a hurry, and he and I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the level. Then hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the secret place. And your covenant with death will be canceled, mm. and your pact with Sheol shall not stand. When the overwhelming scourge passes through, then you become its trampling place. As often as it passes through, it will seize you. For morning after morning it will pass through, and day by, and by day and by night, it will be a sheer terror to understand what it means. Isaiah 28, 11 through 19. Those tongues were a sign to let him know that Isaiah will come to pass and judgment would happen. You know, judgment would come. there's so much in that specific passage that we don't um, necessarily talk about in the church. What I see that is that covenant with Sheol and Serge did a dive into this a little bit, but not, I don't even know how much he's done on it. Um, publicly, but I remember he was talking about it, the difference between Sheol and hell and Hades. What I see when I read that, this covenant with Sheol, you have to understand, prior to Jesus, when you died, you went to one of two places, roughly. Yeah. Abraham's bosom and Sheol. Mm-hmm. Okay, these were holding places. They Sheol was, yes, there was a torment there, and we know that from the parable of the, the guy that dies and ends up there and is like, mm-hmm. dude, this is really bad. Let me warn my family members. Yeah. But it wasn't the same thing as the torment of hell that we mm-hmm. understand now. And so it's almost like this covenant that you have made with Sheol, that was ending mm-hmm. because they now were going to not even be yeah. able to be there. That's good. They going down, down, down. Yeah, no, that's so good. The apostles in the first generation Christians knew that they were living in the last days of the old covenant. They look forward anxiously to its consummation and the full ushering in the new era. As the age progressed and the signs of the end increased and intensified, Mm. the church could see that the day of judgment was fast approaching. Yeah. A crisis was looming in the near future when Christ would deliver them from this present evil age. Galatians 1, 4. You're going to be delivered from this present evil age. Something is going to change. It's going to flip. The, The script is flipping. The statements of the apostles are full of this expectant attitude. The certain knowledge that this momentous event was upon them, upon them, upon them. Many unbelievers and atheists say that they that because of the words of the apostles, then they were crazy yeah. because they missed the train. But they didn't miss the train. We just missed it. Yeah. The sword of God's wrath was poised over Jerusalem, ready to strike at any time. But the Christians were not to be afraid. They knew it was going to hit Jerusalem. They knew it was going to be the temple. If, if God himself looked you in the eyes and said, I'm going to destroy the White House. When wow. you see the White wow, House surrounded Leah. by enemies, go flee to Maine. <laughs> okay. And then you'll know that my vengeance is coming upon America. That's, that's exactly what we're talking about. When you would see, you then think, if you're those people and Jesus is saying this to you, would you then think, oh, I bet, the, you know what, we got time. Because that's coming on. That's like going to be like 2,000 years But then in the here's future. the thing. If Jesus said the White House is going to be completely destroyed and utterly obliterated in this generation, and in 40 years the White House is utterly destroyed, you'd say, wow, that was the consummation of what he was talking about. But we're not talking about the White House. We're literally talking about a covenant that God made with Moses on. on Mount Sinai that was mm-hmm. being totally obliterated and undone in a new covenant. Such we're a talking example, about the yeah. glory of God. The glory of God does not hang out in the White House. It never did. Wow. It never will. Okay? Well, hang on. Don't we're, say it never will. 
The glory of God hangs out like everywhere. Not solely. Solely in the White House. Exactly. Okay? Did you just caveat with solely? Just insert a it does word not, there. It does not dwell solely, solely over in, the White that's House. What I'm but saying. that's where God's God's presence and the smoke and the, all the all that was hanging out. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just so funny. We can only do this like one time, though. I know. Because we have electronic equipment. You don't well, really want I water and again. vapor around computers. Okay. But the Christians were not to be afraid. For the wrath was not aimed at them. Come on. And that's what I want you guys to know about the book of Revelation. Well, Leah, what, what can we glean from, glean from the book of Revelation? Well, can you read the book of Esther? Oh. People are always quoting the book of Esther. We're living in an Esther time. Well, guess what? We're living in a Revelation time. Let's go. And that's why everybody kind of feels that it's happening. I think that's why a lot of generations feel that it's happening because the book of Revelation is a way that God moves to bring vengeance on his enemies. And if the Christians are being oppressed, then the book of Revelation in, in, in a type and a shadow in the future. Mm. See, it, it's, people like to say that 8070 is a type, of ha- type and shadow of the future. No, 8070 was the real main event. Anything after that is a type and shadow. You could have a type and shadow of a Daniel event. Daniel, Let's I felt, go. I felt like I was Daniel Red and Sea moment. Exactly. These are types and shadows. So, like, the revelation now has happened. Mm-hmm. 8070 happened. We've, yep. We're in the new, new, new world. But yeah, God, you can. People can talk about. Hey, I see. I see this as the pale horse. Or yeah, yeah I see this as the, as the seventh seal or whatever. Mm. Totally. Mm. But it's not going to be the seals. It's not going to be mm. the pale horse. Okay. Mm. Well, it could be actually. Hang the pale on, horse. but if, let me ask you this. But it's not going to be the seals. Okay. If a seal's been broken mm-hmm. and opened, mm-hmm. does it ever get opened again? No, no. That's why I said it could be the same horse, but not the same seal. That's why I said. Okay, okay. The same horse. Now God's, God's got all the horses. They can keep coming back. Okay. For just for y'all people over there in the chat, talking about all kind of food. It's okay. Distracting me. Uh, Making me hungry. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Paul urged the Thessalonians to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come, wrath to come, mm-hmm. wrath to come, for Thessalonians 1.10, echoing Jesus' words in Matthew 23-24, Paul emphasized the imminent judgment that would be poured out upon imminent. the Jews who both killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out. They are not pleasing to God, but hostile to all men, hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved with the result that they always fill up the measure of their sins. But the wrath has come upon them to the utmost. First Thessalonians 2. The wrath has come upon them, these Jews, these people, those who kill the Lord Jesus Christ and the prophets. Write that down. First Thessalonians 2, 14 through 16. Okay. You were, they were forewarned not to be caught off guard. Now, first Thessalonians 5. Now, as to the times and epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you for you yourselves. Know that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night while they are saying peace and safety. Then destruction will come upon them suddenly like birth pangs upon a woman with a child and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I please? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about this scripture. When we read 1 Thessalonians 5 here, the way I read this is, don't be afraid because the thief in the knife that would snatch away is not coming for y'all. Okay, okay, pumpkin. It's not coming for you because you will be safe. But the thief in the night, you know what? I am so upset that the church has taken a scripture 
reserved for the unrighteous and has said that Jesus will come and steal you. Let me tell you, and I'm about to drop a mic. Boom. Leah, have I been bought with a price? Yeah. Do you have to steal something you purchased? No. Is Jesus going to come like a thief in the knife to steal something that is already his? No. Then that scripture does not belong for Christians. The thief in the... But it says, you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day will overtake you. Like a thief. Like a thief. Stop it! So read that again. Read that again. That day should not overtake you like a thief, for you are all sons of light and sons of day. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is literally is wrath, right? This is literally the only (sighs) scripture that you need to debunk the rapture for anyone. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Okay, this is Revelation Red Pill 101, one and done for you guys. Jesus doesn't have to steal something that's already his. Here it is literally written that this day should not overtake you like a thief. This scripture is... In the beginning of Revelation Red Pill series, we're coming up on episode 50. It's really exciting. This is episode 48. We've been doing this for 48 episodes. We talked about the end times films that came out in the 70s. Mm. What was it called, Leah? Thief in the Night. And what was it about? Rapture. Of people being taken away. Christians. Christians being taken. This a literal lie. Perversion of scripture to take something that is reserved for those of wrath and says this will come on Christians, which is why it is so terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's why it's so satanic. It's why those films are satanic. They should all be burned and everybody that ever watched one should go through deliverance. Okay? Because you cannot take this scripture and pervert and call Christ the thief in the night towards Christians. Well, he expands on it in Second Thessalonians. Thessalonians, will you read that? I can never say Thessalonians. For after all, it is a righteous thing for God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well when the Lord shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out vengeance to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes to be glorified in saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who believed. Says Lee wants me to repeat. God will repay with tribulation those who trouble you and give relief to those who are troubled. It's literally right there. What is the relief? The relief is not being brought up into heaven. The relief is that the evil people will be taken away. Exactly. And what happened? Over a million Jews were killed. These were the people who were persecuting these Christians. You don't know Christian history. You should now. Those of you that have been through and you've gone through, and I'm serious about this, when you make it to episode 50, somehow I'm going to do this, and you submit me an email, you're getting a a, 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 a um, graduation certificate in the mail signed by Leah. Clearly, and I. Paul is not talking about Christ's final coming at the end of some sort of uh, at the end of the world, world, world. But for the coming tribulation and vengeance were specifically aimed at those who are persecuting the Thessalonian Christians in the first generation. The whole point of the book of Revelation, why it's a love letter, is Jesus says, I'm your prince. I'm your rescuer. I know you're being persecuted. I know the big switch hasn't happened, but it's coming. So hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. 
Most of the signs of the end were in existence already, and the inspired apostles encouraged the church to expect the end at any moment. Paul urged the Christians in Rome to pers persevere in godly living. He said, knowing the time that it is already mm. the hour for you to awaken <laughs> from sleep, <laughs> for now our salvation is <sighs> nearer than when we first believed. It's already the, night the hour. Is almost gone. Can't. The night is almost gone. The night would and be the what, day Leah? is at hand. What would be the night? The old covenant. Everything leading up to AD 70 and Jesus. Let us therefore lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. The old age had been characterized by sin and despair and bondage to Satan. Yes. The new age would be increasingly characterized by righteousness and the Come universal on. reign of the kingdom. For the period, the last days was the time when the kingdom of heaven and the, uh, uh, was inaugurated on earth. When the, quote, holy mountain began its dynamic growth. There would be a mountain and it would grow. <laughs> Do mountains grow? No, but the mountain of God, the holy mountain Amen. of God. Did you know? No, did you know Eden was was built on a mountain? That's so cool. Okay, the holy mountain. We're returning to that holy mountain. Moses met God on a mountain. Okay? A little plug for my new um, outro that I made. Mm. Kira Vinzel, her holy her sh her that song that's played there is called "On Holy Mountain." Mm. Began its dynamic growth, and all the nations would begin to flow into the into the Christian faith as the prophets foretold. Um, Michelle, would you bring up while I'm doing this Isaiah 2? Um, well, let me just bring it up. I'm just going to read this. So the prophets foretold, and you can show them this, Isaiah 2, 2 through 4. This is what the prophets were, were foretelling. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow into it. Come on. These are not, the mountain is established and then all the nations flow into it. Mm -hmm. It's an establishing it. And over time, Vladimir Putin just explained how in 600 AD, Russia flowed into that mountain. Yeah. Uh, I have a book here in Poland. It was 1100 AD when Poland flowed into the mountain. Later on, um, the, the Scandinavian nations flowed into the mountain. Mm -hmm. The UK flowed into the mountain. Canada flowed into the mountain. The Philippines have flowed into the mountain. New Zealand, Australia, we're working on China. They're all flowing into the mountain. Yeah. Okay? This is the New Jerusalem. It's way too small for them to even see it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, mm. to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his past. Now, this is not some thousand-year reign where everything's perfect. This is the the the, the beginning of the, the kingdom, and and it's and it's people who are coming in to know Jesus. And he will judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And nations shall not lift up sword against nation. You can say, Well, well, Leah, do you see this? I see a lot of it. Mm. And I see a lot of it happening throughout history, right? And then um, in Micah chapter 4, obviously there is still a great deal of ungodliness in the world, but Christianity has gradually been winning, right? Yeah, that's good. And the saints, until the time when the saints possessed the kingdom, and that's Daniel chapter 7. Um, and let me just remind you of that. These, this is kind of like a, a reminder scriptures when we're going over that. Daniel chapter 7, 22 and 27, or 21. And I beheld in the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came. And judgment was given to the saint, to the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. That's good. Do we have the kingdom? We do. 
Verse 27, And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saint, to the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and the dominion shall serve and obey him. Michelle, are we there? Yes. Do we reign? Do yes. we rule? Yes. The kingdom is now. The kingdom of heaven is now. Okay. This is why Paul could comfort believers by assuring them that the Lord is at hand, Philippians 4, 5. Indeed, the watch word of the early church, 1 Corinthians 16, 22, was Maranatha, the Lord comes. Looking forward to the coming destruction of Jerusalem, the writer of he to Hebrews warned those tempted to draw back to apostate Judaism that mm. apostasy would only bring them a certain fearful expectation of judgment. I want to I bring that up. Could you go bring up Hebrews? This is a very interesting passage that we don't really dive into. I remember when I was um, a teenager... Hebrews chapter 10. And my youth leader said, Hebrews is a hard book to understand. It's not. Oh, my gosh. It's one of my favorite. It's Hebrews pretty, is a wonderful plain. book. For if we sin willfully, I'm going to start in verse 26. After that we have received the knowledge of truth, there remains no more sacrifice, sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for judgment and fire indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. Hmm. Interesting. Verse 30. For we know him that has said, vengeance belongs to me. I will recompense, says the Lord, and again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an almighty God. Verse 36. For you had need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. He will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back... My soul shall have no pleasure in him, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but we are of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. This is a warning mm. of the apostasy that Jesus predicted that would happen in the last days. He's saying, listen, when that comes and you're, and you're with them, the mm. genius is coming on you. That's good. The other New Testament authors wrote of similar terms and James is a really mom loves the book of James and Becky just took her group through the book of James now after James James warned you can go to James uh, chapter 5 James warned the wealthy unbelievers who oppressed the Christians of the miseries that about to descend on them James is such a very encouraging book to believers who were suffering persecution mm. go to now you rich men weep and howl for the miseries that shall come upon you your riches are corrupted your garments are moth-eaten, your gold and your silver are cankered, and rust shall, of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Where's that nicey-nice Christian thing where everybody's washing everybody's feet? <laughs> because he literally <laughs> says that your rust is going to eat your flesh like fire. Uh-oh. Let's put that in a Super Bowl ad. Yes. How about a visual for that? We could take out an ad next year. So the Federal Reserve, this is, I'm visualizing I this. I like it. So Sh Chairman uh, Powell, his rust is all over his flesh and it's eaten and it looks like fire. The like Federal it. Reserve, yeah. I like it. Yeah? Mm -hmm. 30 second ad, couple million bucks? I bet. What do you think? I think it's probably more than a couple million, but yeah. I'm just put up James chapter five, yes. verse two. You have heaped treasure together for the what? Last days, honey. Last days. Last less behold in the last days. the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields which is mm. of you kept back of fraud mm -hmm. cries and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the lord of sabbath why is it that we can read these scriptures mm. 
Well, they, they were receiving God. Well, you're just going to tell me that God brought vengeance for them and it's not for me right now. Well, what you're saying is that God was God didn't mean it for two people for 2,000 years, you selfish nincompoop. You selfish kumpoop nin. Or, or we can say that it is... For everybody. A, it is a godly principle that God wants to heap vengeance upon those who harm his children. All about it. And so we should be encouraged that it did happen. Yes. You've lived in pleasures on earth and have been wanting. Mm-hmm. Now be patient, therefore, brethren. Unto what? Be patient, Michelle. Unto if God, the end. Does it say the end? Unto the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord. So they are those poor pirates that you see in all the movies Arr. sitting at the table who mm-hmm. um, they're all like just skeletons now because oh, they waited yeah. so long and it didn't so come. So true. No. Behold, the husband waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Be patient, Michelle. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord does what? Not Draws tarry. near. Draws near. It's near. It's time stamps, guys. Time stamps. Dr- grudge not against one another, brother. Lace should be condemned. The judge is doing what? Another time stamp. Standing before the door. Mm. Take, my brother, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and patience. Now, here's the thing. He says... We count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and tender mercy. But above all things, brethren, don't swear by heaven and earth. So he's telling people to hang on. It's coming, and it's coming in your time. That's good. The judge is standing at the door. The apostle Peter, too, warned the church that the end of all things was at hand. 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of all things was at hand, at hand. 1 Peter 4, you want to read this? Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the wait, extent. Wait, wait. Just, just right here. Just what happened to you. That's a past tense term. Who's, who's the you? Them. Not you. Now, now, great thing. Good news. Yeah. It applies to us. Yeah. But it first applied to them. If, if the angel came to Daniel, did the angel come to Daniel? Came to Daniel. If the wise men came to Jesus, did the wise men come to Jesus? Jesus. Guys, wise men aren't coming to me. They came to Jesus. I mean, I'm pretty wise. I, as though some strange thing happened to you. Go but ahead. rejoice to the extent you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy, for the time has come. For what? Judgment. To begin. Wait begin. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The last time I checked, the word begin Mm -hmm. means to start something Mm -hmm. that keeps going. At where? At the house of God. The house of the Lord. Where's the house of God? Well, where was the house of God? At the time then, it was in Jerusalem. It was the temple. That was the house of God at the time. No, 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 no. We read that scripture when we read it, and we think it means the body of Christ. Okay. Because we've done, we've already done the flip in our minds. We're like, we're the house of God, so judgment begins with us. Now, we're how- starting on a false premise. We're we're starting on the flip. The flip's already happened. This is the this is the this is the prophecy of the flip. Let me. You're sl- living this, out the flip. Listen here. Now, I have used this scripture for certain things that do apply. Now, when I use it, when I say the judgment must begin at the house of the Lord, 
I use it as in, aside from the, the context that it actually belongs, okay, if the Lord's using it to speak to me in a, in a moment, mm-hmm. meaning the false in people, the false people in the church in right moment. now, the judgment's going to begin on them, mm-hmm. okay? Christians that have not been doing what they need to be doing, okay, that's where I will use that. However, if you really think about it, Really the only why it. are you singing the words? I do it too. It's okay. Why would we look at that scripture in any other manner than the judgment is coming on <coughs> the house mm. and those mm, in house. the house of the Lord, as mm. in the temple, the Sadducees, the Pharisees? Like, because here's the deal: were the I want, let's sit in this. This is really good. I'm, I'm even thinking this through as I'm talking about it. Were the Israelites considered the house of the Lord? No. No. Mm, dun, dun, dun. No, it was a place. It was literally a place. It was literally a place. The judgment literally came on that house, a.k.a. the temple. And, it's, and, and this scripture is saying this must begin at... Mm-hmm. The temple. Yeah. You just translate that in your mind. Judgment must begin at the temple. Mm-hmm. And when you put that in, in historical context, you go, whoa. Right? Mm-hmm. It began at the temple and then it spread from there. And we know that historically when looking at Josephus and what happened, we see that one moment where, um, is it Tiberius? Um, or what is what was his name? The 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 one that that, that finally destroyed that it. That finally yeah. destroyed it. Yeah. It's actually it actually happens yeah, in the temple. Yeah, that's where the that's where the whole show goes down. Mm-hmm. Right there. He didn't actually do it. He told the uh, Roman soldiers not to destroy it, but they went a little crazy and they did right. anyways. Exactly. But it began there historically uh-huh. speaking. So yeah. again, prophecy fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Check mark mm-hmm. of prophecy fulfilled. That's actually cool. It is. Go on. All right. You guys want to talk about Antichrist? Let's yes. do that. Let's talk about Antichrist. I'm going to read, to, uh, read uh, St. Uh, Athanasius real here, real quick here. The plain fact is, as I say, that there is no longer any kind of prophet, any nor king. Ex- any king or prophet, nor Jerusalem, nor sacrifice, nor vision among them. Yet the whole earth is filled with the knowledge of God and the Gentiles forsaking atheism are now taking refuge with God, the God of Abraham, through the word, our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. All right, so Jesus talked about in Matthew 24 a great apostasy, a great falling away. We see that the church age as the disciples are going around and everybody's getting saved and it's really great and there's miracles and there's signs and wonders. But there was a great falling away actually within the church. And you see this in the letters, not just that Paul wrote, but even Peter. They're trying to get out these heresies constantly. And And I spoke earlier about Acts chapter 15 where the, the, the leaders got together because some people were saying, you're going to have to keep these foods. You're, eat these, you can't eat mm-hmm. the pork. You can't eat do these things. You got to you gotta do the Sabbath. You have to be circumcised, circumcised. You have to do all these things. And they, and they literally were talking about these things because in the church there's a great shakeup. If, oh, if these people are coming in, they got to do the, Judeus, the Judaism thing with us, okay? Right. So they got together and they decided, listen, don't eat food, sacrifice to idols, and don't have sex outside of marriage. Right. That's it. That's what we got for you, okay? As far as the law goes, now there's the moral code, 
Mm-hmm. And everybody knew what the moral code was, but like for real, we're not doing the washing things. We're not, you the menstruation, you know, you don't have to sit on a little rag for seven days. Like, no, guys, that's not it. That Lord's not telling us that these people have to follow these things. Paul's like, if you want to follow these things, that's fine, but you can't make other people follow these things. And if you think that that's part of your salvation, and ain't no place for that. That was the great apostasy yeah. that was coming upon the whole church. So they, re- they convened in order to render an authoritative ruling on the issue of justification by faith alone. Mm-hmm. Some te- teachers have been advocating the false doctrine that one must keep the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament in order to be justified. The problem did not die down. Mm. It kept going. Paul had to deal with this again in his letter to the churches of Galatia. Galatia. Read Galatians. Paul is literally trying to stop this false teaching, this great apostasy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Paul told them this doctrinal aberration was no mere minor matter, but affected their very salvation. It was a different gospel. An utter distortion of truth and amounted to the repudiation of Jesus Christ himself. Using some of the most severe terminology, he pronounced damnation upon false brethren who taught this heresy. I'm just going to go over it a little bit so you know what it is. And and I'm not, if, if there are some who keep some of these things, this is not to... To, to hit you, okay? You do you, but you have to understand what the great apostasy was. You, you, you got to know. Galatians 1, 6 through 9. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Another gospel. Yep. That is the great apostasy. Another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you who would pervert the gospel. And though we were an angel from heaven, and we're going to talk about this, there was a guy, uh, his name was... Chris, Christenome, I'm going to get to him in a second. And he had said that an angel had come to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to get to him in a second. Or, or an angel come from heaven and preach any other gospel unto you than which we have uh, preached, let him be accursed. As we said before and say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Now, what were they talking about? Two, five. To whom we gave place by subjection. You already went to chapter two. Yeah. Not, not for an hour <laughs> that the up. truth of the gospel might continue unto you. Let's see. That's two, five and 11 through 21. All right. But when Peter was coming to Antioch, I was stood him face to face because he was to be blamed. This is mm. Paul talking about Peter for before the certain before, before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. So Paul, Peter was eating with the Gentiles, but you weren't allowed to as a Jew to eat, to eat with Gentiles, okay? But when they were come, he withdrew himself and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. Mm-hmm. This is the apostasy. He was going back to Judaism. I'm not going to eat with the Gentiles. And then the other Jews dissembled likewise with him and left it. I'm not going to eat with the Gentiles either. Insomuch that Barnabas was carried away. Even Barnabas went with them. This was a falling away, right? Um, he pulled him back. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, if you being a Jew lives after the manner of Gentiles and not as a Jew, why do you compel the Gentiles to live as Jews? Mm. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. For we have believed in Jesus Christ and we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh is justified. But we, if we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners. Is therefore Christ a minister of sin? 
Certainly for, not. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. This, is, this, was a, this was a big thing. This was a big thing. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I don't live. And I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Yeah. So they're trying to come back. Don't eat with the Gentiles. Um, keep, keep all the things. Uh, I'm going to read my, my study note. Antioch, Antioch of Syria, center of Christianity, was the leading city of, Ro of Roman Syria and the third leading city of the empire. Peter was to be blamed because though he had been willing to shed the laws of Judaism, food and table restrictions in Antioch in order to enjoy a newfound fellowship with the Gentile Christians, he had later abandoned this stance to pacify the Judaizers. The sharing of a common meal was a visible and powerful symbol of what Paul was teaching young churches. You are all one in Jesus Christ. But this symbol was publicly damaged by Peter's return to an insistence that Gentile Christians live like Jews. Them which were of the circumcision refers to the Judaizers. That, that's one of, the, that's one of those, those big ones there. And three, one through three. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Christ Jesus has been evidently set forth and crucified among you. This only what I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit that you now are perspective in the flesh? Mm. Have you suffered so many things in vain if it yet be in vain? And this was the great falling away. And I'm going to do uh, five here. Galatians 5? Yeah. Let us stand there for, and if you can read it too, if you want to bring it up, uh, one through twelve. Well, I can't bring okay. it up that fast. Not and not and stand show it fast, therefore, in the liberty with which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I Paul say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ is no profit for anything. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith works by love. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Rabbinical teaching, um, I'm going to read this, said that Jerusalem is above, but which was the heavenly archetype of the Messianic period, would be let down to earth. Uh, the Jerusalem that is above and, and chapter Galatians chapter four twenty six. But Jerusalem which is up above is free, which is the mother of us all. We're talking about the new Jerusalem here too. I want to throw that in there. Christ reigns in which we are citizens. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion comes not of him that calls you. A little leaven leavens a whole lump. This is the bad kind of leaven. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you would ha will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he shall be. And I, brother, if I preach circumcision, what does it do for you? And I wish they were cut off who, who bothered you. Paul also foresaw that heresy would affect the churches of Asia Minor. Calling together the elders of Ephesus, he exhorted them to be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock because he said, quote, um, you can read this here. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Acts 20, 28 through 30. So when we're getting to the book of Revelation, by the time Revelation was written, it was probably 80, 64, 65. Some of them had almost been completely ruined. And mm. I want to read you some of that, which would be Revelation 2 here. 
it's already the apostasy has already begun to to pull some away back into some of those old ways. Revelation chapter two. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he that holds the seven stars in the right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. That's the seven churches there. I know your works and your labor of patience and how you cannot bear them which are evil. And you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not. Mm -hmm. And you have found them liars. Verse 6. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which also I hate as a falling away. And then also going on to uh, verses 14 through 16, and he's talking to the church of Pergamos. He says, but I have a few things against you because you have them there that hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who through Balak, to, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them which hold the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which things I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto you quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So we see also here encouraging the opposite side of the falling away into going into sin. And then to the church of Thyatira, he says, I have a few things against you with Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches fornication and eating food sacrificed to idols. But the problems, so there's, there was the two Judaizers and then there's the heresy. Sin, law. Sin, go ahead and sin or keep the law. These are the things that we're getting into the church. This is a falling away. The problem of heresy was not limited to any geographical or cultural area. It was widespread and became an increasing subject of apostolic counsel and pastoral oversight as the age progressed. Some heretics taught that the final resurrection had already taken place, while others claimed that the resurrection was impossible. Some taught strange doctrines of uh, ascensionism and angel worship, worshiping angels, while others advocated all kinds of immorality in the name of liberty. And we see that over and over again. Again and again, the apostles found themselves issuing stern warnings against tolerating false teachers and false apostles. For these had become the cause of massive departures from the faith, and the extent of the apostasy mm. was increasing as the era progressed. One of the last letters in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, was written to an entire Christian community on the very brink of wholesale abandonment of Christianity. Mm. The Christian church of the first generation was not only characterized by faith and miracles, but by increasing lawlessness, as Jesus had foretold. So the Christians had a specific term for this apostasy. They called it Antichrist. Many popular writers had speculated about this term, usually failing to regard its uses in Scripture. In the first place, consider a fact which would undoubtedly shock some people. The word Antichrist never occurs in the book of Revelation. It's nowhere. Not once. Yet the term is routinely used by Christian teachers as a synonym for the beast of Revelation chapter 13. Obviously, there is no question that the beast is an enemy of Christ, but it, is it thus Antichrist in the sense as uh, how... And is thus. It, my point, however, is that the term Antichrist is used in a very specific sense, and it's irrelevant to the beast of 666. A further error teaches that the Antichrist is a specific individual, but it's not. It's a, it's a theme. It's an it's a idea. So, Michelle, would you read here from uh, the Apostle John Children, here? it is the last hour. What? what? <clears throat> is. Really? Now, read irrelevance. If you read this to yourself, Ooh. you're going to go, oh, it's the last hour for I can't, me. I cannot understand people who do that. Like, do you read Charles Dickens that way? I don't. Nobody does that. 
Okay, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have arisen. From this we know that it is... What, what? It is the last hour. That's like, that's the last hour twice in one scripture. The mic is available for you, if you would like to come. I even have your camera ready here. Let me find it. Here we are. The virtual mat cam. Bum, bum, bum. Well, that sounds really urgent. You know, that sounds like it's happening like right then. It, it does. It sounds pretty urgent. It is pretty urgent. If I have to because, go yeah, to the bathroom these are right actual now. <laughs> letters that you've been laying out that are two individual people about things. Right? It's like, you know, we do pet sitting. Like mm -hmm. people say, like they give letters and they say, hey, you know, Fluffy or whatever, whatever the dog's name is. Be sure to give them this special food, you know, and they need the special medicine for this cat. Right now. Or right for this individual thing that's happening now. Now. You better do it or that be dog's sure going to be crossing you know, his legs or the, the cat's getting sick. The, the dog door or something at nighttime. Right. Like something like that. Like, would it make sense that this was happening? This is being laid out now. 100%. It's like we're talking to Uncle Walt in person. But if he had given us a letter about the chainsaw we got from him. And he'd say, oh, and be sure to use the special steel engine oil or the, you know, mix oil for the right. fuel. Because otherwise, you know, your, your saw might break down like a thief in the night or something. You know, if you want the full warranty, you want to make sure you use the, the official oil. Would it make sense that he was talking to us right now? Right. Or he sent us a letter talking about this stuff <laughs> that came with, that he sends out with people that buy his lawnmowers. No, this isn't for your lawnmower. This letter is for someone 2,000 years from now telling them about, you know, Should be some lawnmower their dog or then. cat. Yes, but they need you a know, new manual. You know, a cat. You would need a new manual 2,000 years from now. Yeah, this is a. You have a spaceship I, lawnmower. Sorry, I don't want to confuse you, but this letter is for someone that's going to be keeping, like, that has a dog and cat 2,000 years from now. Right. And be sure to give them the special food. Right. No, that's a good point. It Matt. makes no sense. It makes no sense. Go ahead, Michelle. Keep going. And there's right. always been people that are anti-Christ. Yes. Yeah. It's like any movie. You have the, the side of good. You have the side of evil. You have the bad guy. You have the good guy. You know, and there's always been people that are anti-Christ, but it's not like some sort of boogeyman like we're gonna <laughs> pick and choose all these scriptures out of nowhere to come up with the antichrist yeah like some sort of bad guy from a movie like what you combine all these scriptures and it means that this like joker guy is gonna come out and try to destroy gotham it's gonna try to destroy you know jerusalem or something all right michelle go, keep going here so that is the last hour they went out from us but they were not really of us for if they had been of us they would have remained with us but they went out in order that it may be shown that they all are not of us so the antichrist were of them boom but he said but they weren't really of them dun, dun, dun. and if if god's getting ready to destroy the whole Jewish system and like boom or getting rid of it because it's just turned into complete idolatry and if his house has been turned into a den of thieves you know would it make sense that he would use all of his people to, to warn everyone that like look this is not safe ground to be on mm -hmm. you know 
There's no salvation in being Jewish or following the Jewish laws and all that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're taking away from the sufficiency of Christ. You know, you're, you're taking away salvation from Gentiles that are just saved by, you know, Christ's sacrifice on the cross alone, his right. love for us and, you know, sending us back to the there's Garden that. of Eden and the authority that they had in Garden of Eden. And then there's those who were denying that Jesus was even Lord. So. so who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has uh, the confesses the son has the father also these things i have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from god because many false prophets have gone out into the oh, world jesus, jesus predicted that and here they are yeah many false christs and it's you know it's like they're saying that their jewish works and traditions are Hey, you know, we're as powerful as Christ or more so, you know, we're so Mm -hmm. special because we have the temple and, you know, it's like Jeremiah says in uh, Jeremiah 7 where he's kind of going off on all the Pharisees and everything at the temple, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these where he's he's basically saying, you guys think you're awesome because you have this temple and because you guys have these fancy outfits and you do these rituals and you're saying, look, the Babylonians are coming in. They're going to destroy it. Yeah. And now they're basically saying the same thing. Like now it's being done away with permanent. I'm going to go back and read some of those scriptures here, but I want to tell you about uh, Serinthius. Now, Serinthius was the leader of a first century Judaistic cult. He was regarded by the church fathers as the arch heretic, identified as one of the false apostles who opposed Paul. Serinthius was a Jew who joined the church and began drawing Christians away from the Orthodox faith. Now people can say, but Leah, how am I supposed to know that? Mm. I'm like, well, the letters weren't all written to you. Do you understand that these epistles were not all written to you? Okay. You can now, when, when, when I put this together, then you'll understand. Now you have to understand that when you're reading these epistles, you have to, you do have to add in extra information. Okay. Well, the prophecies were for then, and there's just general principles that apply to anyone, anytime. There's always been people that have been falling away from the faith. Like, okay, well, you know, there's going to be this falling away. Well, just because, like, a sect of society and, like, one little corner of the world somewhere, one little country falls away, well, it, you know, the other countries, they might be drawn near to the Lord, but yeah. just because the country you're in is having a few bumps in the road, well, it must be the end times. Well, you know, they fell in the garden. Well, yeah. there's a great falling away. It must be the end times. Yeah, so Serinthius was a Jew, and he joined the church. Cain and Abel. Oh, it must be end times. Right. He joined, you know, the, yeah, he brothers joined. Brothers fighting against brother, you know. And, right. He joined the church, and he began drawing Christians away from the Orthodox faith. He taught that a lesser deity not the true God, had created the world, holding with the Gnostics that God was much too spiritually to be concerned with uh, material reality. Logically, this meant also a denial of the incarnation, since God would not take himself a physical body and be truly personal, a, a true human. And Serinthus uh, was consistent. He declared that Jesus was merely an ordinary man, not born of a virgin, that the, quote, Christ, a heavenly spirit, had descended upon the man Jesus at his baptism, enabling him to perform miracles. 
and then left him again at the crucifixion. Serinthus also advanced a doctrine of justification by works, in particular the absolute necessity of observing the ceremonial, ceremonial ordinances of the Old Covenant in order to be saved. Furthermore, Serinthus was apparently the first to teach that the second coming would usher in the literal reign of Christ in Jerusalem for a thousand years. Mm. This is all, that's why I'm all against the end time doctrine because this was all connected to a false doctrine that Paul opposed, okay? Although this was contrary to the apostolic teaching of the kingdom, Serinthus claimed that an angel had revealed this doctrine to him, much like Joseph Smith, okay? The true apostles sternly opposed the Serinthian heresy. Paul admonished the churches, and he says this in Galatians, even though we or an angel of heaven should preach you a gospel contrary to you. That's who he was addressing. And he went on in the same letter to refute the legalistic heresies held by Serinthus. And there's this hyper-focus and obsession with this Jerusalem thing. Like, you know, he's got to rule and reign from Jerusalem. Like, Adam and Eve were ruling and reigning over the whole earth, not just like one little garden, not just Israel or uh, Jerusalem or something like right. that. According to, uh, according to Serinthe, according to the, uh, according to tradition, the apostle John wrote his gospel and his letter with Serinthus especially in mind. So we're going to mm. go back and read some of those. So as I'm telling you about Serinthus, go back and listen. Okay. We are also told that as John entered the public bathhouse, he spotted this antichrist ahead of him. The apostle immediately turned around and ran back, crying, Let us flee, let the building fall down, for Serinthus, the enemy of the truth, is inside. That's crazy. So let's go back and read some of these, 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 uh, the, the, the letters here from John. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God, and every spirit that con confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not from God. He's addressing this Serinthian doctrine, mm. okay, that Jesus didn't come into the flesh. That's the, and it says, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming and is now in the world. Time stamps, guys. That's really good. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. You mm. have overcome them. Because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. They are from the world, for they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. Well, maybe they didn't overcome. Maybe maybe it's saying that 2,000 years later, someone will have overcome. <laughs> you know, sorry to discourage you there, but you, you know, this is, this is talking... You have to read it with sarcasm now, because this, this is talking what about done. someone 2,000 years later. Well, you wait, know? Listen, listen to the very next word he says here. I thought, well, listen, hang I on. I thought on. we were like, you know, the family of Christ here. Listen, you know, I thought you were writing me a personal letter. Like, Listen to the very next sentence. I'm kind of offended. This letter isn't even to me at all. Read this next sentence. Read this right here. This is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Yes, yeah, so stop right there. This is the deceiver. This is the Antichrist. Well, it's just a... It's good, Leah. It's like you have the Holy Spirit and you have this spirit, this attitude or mindset of the, of the world that's, you know, opposed to God. And it can be, yeah. you know, anybody or anything. Do you need to blow your nose? I might need to. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house. Uh-oh. 
Don't even let him in. And do not give him a greeting. Whoa. For the one who gives him a greeting serious. participates in his evil deeds. Matt is spicy and, and, tonight, and I'm here for it, says Becky. Well, and if it's... <laughs> well, this this topic, it's kind of just so laughable. Is that a hanky? I'll mute you. I'll mute you. I'm muting her. <laughs> no! No, keep talking so they don't hear her blow. Well, blow the man down. <laughs> well, I had a thought going, but now we've like, totally derailed. No, totally we started with Abigail in the house. Hi, Abigail. Love you. Um, she says, truth, 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 fire, fire, fire. Well, emojis. Okay. But the Antichrist is already working, as John wrote. Even now, there are many Antichrists that have written, risen. First uh, John 2.18. I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. And, and what I was going to say a minute ago, for all that, is, <laughs> is that with this message of the kingdom or red pill, whatever you want to call it, it's not just like some sort of antichrist in Jerusalem or something. I mean, these are basic principles that apply to anybody anywhere around mm -hmm. the world, wherever you're at. That's good. And you're spreading the kingdom of God wherever you're at. You're bringing God to the government and society. Yeah. And you, you know, it's, and you're seeking to have people, you know, get saved and receive the gospel. So let's break this down. Third, Antichrist uh, was already at work when John said, even now, many Antichrists have arisen. I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. You have heard that it is coming and, and is now, now it's already in the world. Many deceivers have gone out into the world. This is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Obviously, if the Antichrist were already present in the first century, he would not be a figure at the end of the world. Boom. Fourth, Antichrist. I need a boom, mic drop. <clears throat> you do need a boom. Oh, they're not even on. They're Fourth, Antichrist off. was a oh, like, system like of unbelief. Whitlock. Jason yeah. Whitlock button. Yeah. Do. It was a system of unbelief. There, Matt's going to be our boom. <laughs> boom. Particularly the heresy of denying the personal work of Jesus Christ. Although the Antichrist apparently claimed to belong to the Father. They taught that Jesus was not the Christ mm -hmm. uh, in union with the false prophets. So fifth, the Antichrist had been members of the Christian church, but had apostatized and left. So we talked about Serentheus. So that was, that's our, that's our section on the Antichrist. And now I want to talk about the fiery cloud. I don't know how much time I've got left. I want to talk about the fiery cloud. Okay. We brought the cloud. We and have we special effects. You can't get this kind of stuff anywhere else on the internet. Would you read this from St. Anasius? Anthanasius. He, it is who won victory from his Damian foes and trophies from the idolaters, even before the body appearing, namely all the heathen who from every region have abjured, yeah, abjured the tradition of their fathers and the false worship of idols and are now placing their hope in Christ and transferring their allegiance to him. The thing is happening before our very eyes here in Egypt, and thereby another prophecy is fulfilled. For at no other time had the Egyptians ceased from their false worship, save when the Lord of all, riding as on a cloud, came down here in the body and brought the error of idols to nothing and won over everybody to himself and threw himself to the Father. He it is who was crucified with the sun and the moon as witnesses, and by his death and salvation has come to all men, and all creation has been redeemed. All creation has... So we're reading each section here, and I, I was telling you guys, you can get this book here. I, I highly recommend it, Paradise Restored. We're reading sections from Paradise Restored. We're talking about the fiery clouds. We just talked about the Antichrist. 
So we're talking about the fiery clouds. The love letter of Revelation is the revealing of Jesus Christ, the setting up of his kingdom. You're his bride. It's the ultimate love story. They're slaying dragons. We're slaying demons. And scorpions. And we're setting up a kingdom, and they live happily ever after. What I'm going to talk about right now is the presence of God. Mm. The presence of God, the fiery cloud. So we're talking about the, the, the cloud. What is most important about the Garden of Eden, so the restored Eden, Garden 2.0, the New Jerusalem, the Holy Mountain, what made it a garden of all is that God's presence was there. Yeah. And God revealed his presence to his people in a cloud of glory. The cloud functioned as a sort of mobile home for God. And that's what we've got, you know, we've got this essential oil cloud. His fiery chariot by which he made his presence known to his people. The cloud served as a guide for Israel, giving light to the darkness and shade from the heat. Bringing judgment to the to the wicked on Sinai, the cloud was accompanied by thunder and light and smoke and an earthquake, and was filled with innumerable angels. The cloud is nothing that, less than a revelation of the invisible heaven, Come on. where God is seated in His throne, surrounded by His heavenly court and council, and from which He spoke to Moses. When the tabernacle was completed, the cloud entered it. You guys remember that moment? Mm-hmm. And they all were like, "Whoa, power, of God!" Right, and filled it with the glory of God. You can read that in Exodus uh, chapter 40. And fire issued forth to consume the sacrifice in Leviticus 9. <laughs> the prophet Ezekiel looked up through the cloud, Ezekiel chapter 1, and saw fire, lightning, and winged features mm. flying b- below a firmament, a pavement, or a sea of glass that is all around the base of God's throne. And around the throne was a glory in the form of a rainbow. What I love here is that there was a phenomena associated with the cloud, and that's voice. And you could sound, you could hear it, wind, thunder, rushing water, a shout, a trumpet. Matt, would you read this? This is uh, Psalm uh, 29, the voice of the Lord. Yeah. <clears throat> the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. Boom. The, the Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks <laughs> In pieces, the cedars of Lebanon, and makes Lebanon skip like a calf, and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord hews out flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes deer to calve, and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everything says glory. glory. It is his voice, that ear-splitting, earth-shattering roar that Adam and Eve heard on the last day of the garden. And they heard the voice of the Lord traversing the garden, and they hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God mm. amongst the trees of the garden. It is important to recognize that the cloud was a theophany, the visible manifestation. You know, to everyone is given the manifestation of the Spirit of God. That's good. I want you to envision yourself as this cloud wherever you go. I'm a cloud. You are, because you, to everyone is given the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Linus. That's true. A visible manifestation. Yeah. Oh, that's a good cloud. That, that's Got a little bit dirty. You know what? It's a cloud, and and who, and 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 Linus came out, and Linus no. was the one. No, let me. Pigpen. Pig. It was Pigpen. I'm wah, sorry. Wah. Ah! <laughs> a visible manifestation of the enthroned presence of God to His covenant people. But Linus is good too. I like you it. know. But okay, but which one came out with the blanket? And... Linus, because and he went through the Book of Luke, I think. Yeah. Because he did, uh, so he had a blanket, not a cloud. Schultz, whatever his name was, was a Christian. Wanted right. that in there. Okay, so get this. Did you guys know okay, that the term Matt. spirit in the Old Testament is a synonym for cloud? Linus had the spirit. Yeah, he it's did. It's a spiritual cloud. 
ascribing <laughs> the same functions to both the cloud and the spirit. The most revealing instance of this equation of God and the cloud is where Moses describes God's salvation of Israel in the wilderness. Now get this, as an eagle hovering or fluttering over her young. That's so good. I want you to picture the eagle's wings flapping. How did God flutter over Israel? How does the psalmist continually seek refuge in the shelter of God's wings? Certainly God himself does not have wings, but his angels do. The special re revelation of God's saving, judging, and protecting presence was by the glory cloud, which, which contains many thousands of angels. Mm. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. For he will give his angels charge over you and guard you in all of your ways. Now, the fascinating thing about Moses' statement in Deuteronomy 32, 11, God's fluttering over his people by means of the cloud is that Moses used the Hebrew word only one other time in the Pentateuch when he tells us that the earth was without form and void and the, and the Spirit, Spirit of God, God was, was fluttering over the, the waters. waters. You see, this is the Spirit. And when I read this today, and I wanted to put this, this is God's love letter to you. You see, the only other time he begins to use this in the, in the first five books of the Bible, is he's going to cover over Israel. He's going to flutter over Israel. He's going to protect you. That is when he began to flutter and that creative working Come force on, over go. the darkness. You see, my Ooh. God has brought now unto us in the wilderness, in the vast expanse of the emptiness, he flutters over you now. Mm. So when I'm you so have emptiness, like and when you have darkness, chicks. Like it, it's, it is the creative, powerful work of the Holy Spirit. It's in the darkness. It's in the void that he begins to create. Ooh, Are you getting to Exodus? What do you mean? Well, you know, the presence of God and the glory cloud, it's like the... You know, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by yeah. night. That, mm -hmm. that, yeah. That, and, you know, it leads our life the same as it did it does. The, the people Absolutely in Exodus. Does. You know, you can read the book of Exodus. Says, yeah, this happened to them, but this is happening yeah. right now to individuals that are saved, like you out there or your country. Well, get like this. Like hovering over the deep, Lorraine get says. Get this. So, you know, it's a cloud that led them to passed through the Red Sea and exactly. their enemies destroyed and Come led on. them through the wilderness. Now get this, get this, get this. We're ready. The word for wilderness. Now, as they're traveling in the wilderness, they're looking at the fall of mankind. Mm -hmm. Because the garden, remember, they have stories of the garden with jewels and water and everything and the presence of God, right? Yeah. So they're in the wilderness and what does it look like? Desert. It's an, a vast emptiness. Now get this. Oh, Deuteronomy 32.10. Moses describes the wilderness through which the people were traveling as a waste. And you're talking about the pillar cloud? That word is translated without form. The same In Genesis 1-2. And again, these are the only two occurrences. What Matt was talking about was going through the wilderness by the pillar of cloud. You see the wasteland. This was a, a hearkening back to the creative work of God. You see, when they were leaving Egypt. God was saying, I am creating a new thing. You see this wasteland. My power, my presence is going. So the earth was without form. I'm taking you through the wilderness. It was a wilderness. I'm taking you through the wilderness and my spirit and my cloud will hover over you like it did over the first of creation. As I spoke it forth then, I'm going to speak it forth now. And that was a type and a shadow of when Jesus Christ would come in the wilderness of your life and the spirit of God would come and hover over you. I like the time when he covered and he hovered and he called forth that which was not 
Come on. And he can call forth that which is not in your life today. Let's go. He's saying, go ahead. And God let him out not to be free necessarily from Pharaoh, although that was an Egyptians, although that was part of it. He Mm. led them out because he told Pharaoh, I want my people to worship me in the wilderness. Leah, right here. To get that power and presence of God in the wilderness. Becky says, we are without form and void and chaos Mm. until he hovers over us. That's ex- that's and that's the, my point. And in the wilderness, yes, you stole the punchline. And in the no, wilderness, there's not much, you know, exciting <laughs> and flashy of the world out there. It's you know, and Moses, he spent 40 years in the wilderness before coming to get, you know, his fellow people. So you know, he's used to it. Amen. And so, it's like when you're out yeah. there, it's like all when out God's all you have, God's all you need. Yeah. You know, in the wilderness. So God is saving Israel as a new creation. As in the beginning, the spirit cloud hovered over creation, bringing light in the darkness and leading. And that is why in John says, now I'm bringing light. Now Jesus is the light of the world. Now I'm going to hover over you. And then leading to that Sabbath rest, which we get to enter into. Thus God's recreation of his people in order to bring them into fellowship with him in the holy mountain was witnessed by the same manifestation of his creative presence. That was there in the original creation when the mm. spirit gloriously arched his canopy over the earth. And you can see that and, and, and with Noah saw on Mount Ariat. You can see that with God's glory canopy on, on, the, on, on, on the mountain and with God's covenant when he's speaking to, to Moses. And then in Isaiah 4, go ahead, read that. Um, right there? Right here. When the Lord has washed away the fifth of the daughters, Phil, thank you, of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning, then the Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion and over her assemblies, the official gatherings for worship, a cloud by day, even smoke and the brightness of a flaming fire by night for over all the glory will be a canopy. That is Isaiah 4 and that is the prophetic word when he washes away all of the washes away the filth of the daughter of Zion. This is the prophetic word of what would happen now and mm-hmm. then with that side we've got this great smoke coming up and the brightness of the flaming fire by night and the glory of will be a canopy around us. Yes. So I want you to picture up a glory and a canopy of glory <laughs> around you in God's presence full of angels' wings. It's called a pavilion. It's called a covering. Yes. And that is why the word covering is used to describe the position of the card carved cherubim that were placed hovering over the Ark of the Covenant in Exodus 25.20. It is therefore significant that this Hebrew word is the term translated as booths mm. and tabernacles when God commands his people to erect booths of leafy branches to dwell in after the Feast of Tabernacles. As we have seen, the feast was a reminder of Eden. It wasn't just a reminder of coming out of Egypt. We've wow. got to go back to Eden. Come on. Eden. Eden, when the glory of God is covering us. This is not just a covering of we dwelt in tents in Egypt, but this is a, this is a type and shadow of God covering us in the, 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 the blessings of Eden. The Garden of Eden served as a tabernacle temple, a small replica of God's larger temple and palace in which the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. The invisible heavens together with the visible universe making his great cosmic temple. Close attention to the architecture of the temple and the tabernacle will reveal that they were modeled as copies, not only of the Garden of Eden, but of the original heavenly temple, the cloud canopy. Under the protection of the winged cloud canopy, man's responsibility was to fulfill the cultural mandate to fill the earth and subdue it. So we are restoring that. 
Throughout redemptive history, God called his people to a restored paradise. He brought them into his city. And we can see this in contrast between the rebellious, autonomous city builders of Genesis 11 and Abraham who journeyed to the promised land looking for what? The city which has the foundation, whose architect and builder is God. And scripture assures the new covenant community that we will have what? Have come we to have. Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly We have Jerusalem. come. When you're reading Revelation chapter 21 and 22, God's love letter, that's what I want you to get. I want you to get Revelations 21 and 22 into your spirit. And I want you to read Hebrews 20, 12, 22. And I want you to read this again. We have what? Have come. We have come to where? The Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. What is that? That is the new Jerusalem. It descended out of heaven. We have come. We are there. We're in that cloud canopy. In the final vision of Revelation, John is shown the fulfillment of the cultural mandate, the full restoration, the consummation of Eden. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Like the holy of holies, the city's length and width and height are equal. And, and it's and it's the whole earth. I mean, it's not like a mm. literal city that's going to come down mm. in Israel mm -mm. in some sort of it's after everywhere. the tribulation. No, and there's no temple there. There's no temple in Whoa. it. Whoa. There's no temple within the city. The city itself is the inner sanctuary. And at the same time, Come the on. Lord God, the Almighty, the Lamb, is are its temple. And we like the, you know, old-fashioned, live-off-the-land, agrarian, mm. farming, ranching lifestyle. So, so to me, that's a pretty big relief. You mean we're mm. not going to have to live? Like, you think moving from the middle of nowhere in the Midwest to, like, New York City or L.A. or something like that, or Atlanta would be bad. Mm. You know, Hong Kong. <laughs> London, you know, what about the city that's like a zillion miles high and wide and it's this big cube yeah. thing? Like, I can't remember how many miles it is, but that does not sound fun to me. Like, if that's literal, like, right. we're, you know, that sounds like we're in these little tiny, like, Cubes apartment cute cubicle things, like a little locker that you check into, like at Hong Kong that's to good. sleep in. That's good, Matt. Yeah. The, so in the book of Revelations, we talked about this city. And the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are, in, are, are its temple. And the city is ablaze with the brilliant glory of God, enlightening the nations. And through its main streets flows the river of life. Mm. Just like in Eden, it flowed the, the river of life. As it flowed originally from the Garden of Eden, and there shall be no more curse. Moreover, we are not to regard this vision as holy in the future. We are supposed to feel that right now. Let your light show shine before men. In many more ways, this Eden imagery is taken up in the expanded New Testament, which records the fulfillment of the promises of the new creation in Christ. The obvious passage, of course, is John's prologue in John 1, 8, 1, 1 through 18, which begins where Genesis does. In the beginning. We see the same concepts of word, creation, life, light shining in the darkness, overcoming it. That's exactly in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And in the void, God spoke and Jesus was. But John's entire gospel is built. Now, this is really cool on Old Testament imagery. Now, get this. So we were reading the, the gospel, John. Look, watch this. For example, the passage following his prologue, John 1, 19 through 2, 11, contains a subtitle, a seven-day structure that is meant to remind us of the original seven days of creation, as well as numerous other Old Testament parallels. On the first day, John the Baptist appears as a as voice crying in the wilderness. The next day, and that's the voice that speaks out uh, as God begins to speak in the void, Jesus is baptized. And baptism is a recapitulation of uh, two Old Testament recreation events, the flood 
and the Red Sea crossing. The spirit descends with wings, hovering and fluttering over the waters of the new creation, and he comes as a dove, a winged messenger that announced that Noah, the recreation of the world. The passage continues with other creation images and ends on the seventh day with Jesus attending a wedding and turning the water into wine, the best wine. The blessing is superabundant, more than is necessary, about 150 gallons, as a forerunner of the promised blessings of the garden, which would come through him. Just before he does this, he mentions the hour of his death, for it is his shed blood, the wine of communion, that provides the blessings. Eden is inaccessible apart from the atonement, atonement, and thus, by this miracle on the seventh day, Jesus manifested his glory, just as God has done by his enthronement on the cloud on the first Sabbath. But don't you think the Judaizers, they'd want us to stay with the fire and smoke on Mount Sinai <laughs> and the, the works of the law and having an earthly temple and stuff? Yes, they so would, actually. So it's God's actually. temple. The church is <laughs> readmitted into Eden. I want to talk about being readmitted to Eden. And we're going to we're gonna sum up uh, the rest of our show tonight. We're talking about Eden because it goes into the New Jerusalem. But God wants us to be in the presence, his presence, All just, the so, time. just like Moses was. Yeah. He wanted all of them to worship him in the wilderness, Amen. not just Moses. And we yeah. want to be with him in glory. The church is God's new creation, his mm. new garden temple restored to God's original mandate. Will somebody read this? There's um, Psalm 46 here. Go ahead, Matt. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places. The most high God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when... Morning dawns. That's that is a there's a river going back to Eden's river. Okay, we're gonna talk about that a little bit more in a minute. And then this is the river that he's prophesying. David's prophesying. There's one more Ezekiel here, forty-seven. Swarms, Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. Mm. So when the river flows, everything will live. Yes. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow and. Both banks of the river, their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they'll bear mm. because the water from the sanctuary <coughs> flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Again, so what is that? When we're reading in Revelation chapter 22. The, the very end of the Re book of Revelation. Right? Yeah, chapter 2. Ja chapter 22, verse 2. In the midst of the street and on either side of the river, there uh, was there a tree of life which bare 12 manner fruits and yielded its fruit every month. When you read the Old Testament, it, the, the Revelation is God's love letter pulling together all the imagery of the Old Testament Deep into and one. Wide. Deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Good man. All right, so we we <laughs> talked about coming to the holy mountain now. And by the by the way, isn't that kind of the river kind of? Isn't that a picture of like the canoe expanding? It is. Like, oh, it I don't, don't oh, want to like yeah. excite mm -hmm. Like it starts as like this. Yes. Like it's physically impossible and natural. Yeah. Because it is. like. You know, it, in the natural, you see a little tiny amount of water flowing out of something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just turn into a giant river. Like, where's the yeah. additional water coming from? Right, right. But it's like everyone, I'm hitting the microphone here. <laughs> it's okay. But everyone's getting saved and it's spreading over the earth. Right, right. So, um, the. But, you know, I mean, unless you want the end times version <laughs> of the. The river gets really tiny, small into a trickle, and there's no water left, and there's a tribulation. So I'm going to go to the kind of the uh, location of the original garden. 
We commonly use the terms Eden and Garden of Eden synonymously, mm. but actually we know that the garden was planted by Outside. God on the east side of an area known as Eden, the That's land good. which originally lay to the north of Palestine. And the discussion, uh, when man lost fellowship with God and was driven out of the garden, he evidently went out from the east side since uh, that was where God stationed the cherubim who guarded the garden. I guess the rest of it was inaccessible. Genesis um, uh, says, so clomb his first grand thief into God. This is Mil John, Mil John Milton's poem. So clomb his first grand thief into God's fold. So sins into his church, lewd hirings climb. Talking about this leaping of the wall into the garden, trying to get into the garden. Apparently, the godly tended to stay near the eastern entrance of the garden for some time, perhaps bringing their sacrifices to the gate. For when Cain fled from the presence of the Lord, he went uh, through the parts farthest east, away from God and godly men. It, I don't want to get totally derailed here, but, but did they like... Put little slips of paper into the gate of the Garden of Eden and do little prayers at the gar at the gate. I don't think they Instead did. Instead of like getting into God's presence and accepting Jesus Christ as Savior, mm. I know, let's, I don't, let's yeah. just pray at the gate to the Garden of Eden. Mm -mm. Let's just pray at the Wailing Wall. No, we have a simple now. It's also significant that the entrance to the tabernacle was from the east, and to enter God's presence through the redemption is a gracious reemittance into the into Eden. Ezekiel's vision of the universal triumph of the gospel shows the healing river of life. Flowing mm. out, we just read that, from the doors and the restored temple towards the east. And as a precursor of the day when the wealth of the nations, this is, this is really cool. I want you guys to look forward to this. The wealth of the nations will be brought into the household of God. And the birth of the king of kings was honored by wise men bringing gifts from the where? East. A major key location of the original Garden of Eden is the fact that the four greatest rivers which watered the earth derived from one river in Eden. Uh, Michelle, I don't know if you want to find that scripture. Read it in Genesis chapter 2. The flood drastically altered the geography of the world, and two of these rivers, Pishon and G G Gihon, no longer exist today. The two other rivers, the Tigris uh, and the Euphrates, Euphrates. do not uh, now originate from the same source as they once did. But the Bible tells us when uh, where these rivers were located. The Pishon flowed through the land of Havala, Arabia, and Gihon flowed through Cush, Ethiopia. Do you have that? I'm going to read that too through... Uh, Genesis 2, 10 through 14. Now a river went out from out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havala, and where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Uh, Bedellium and the onyx stones are there. Mm -hmm. Let me keep reading. 2, 14. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidekel. It is the one which goes towards the east of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. All right, so the Tigris flowed through Assyria, and the Euphrates flowed through Syria and Babylon, uh, from whence it now meets up with the Tigris about 40 miles from the Persian Gulf. The common source for these rivers was, of course, north of Palestine, probably due north, in the area of Armenia and the Black Sea, which is interestingly a place where the human race began again after the flood. Eden, as a source of water, was thus the source of blessing the world. Mm. And so when you see Ezekiel say there's a river, yeah, it's going back to Eden. Isn't that so cool? Isn't that so cool? The basis of life and health and prosperity for all of God's creatures. For this reason, water became an important symbol in Scripture for the blessing of salvation. So it's coming out of Eden. In the individual believer, salvation is a well of water springing up into eternal life. Just as the river of Eden uh, was fed by a multiple of springs, the, mm. just coming up out, out of the ground, the water of life becomes a river of living water. This is good from Samuel. He says, There is a gold mine in Arabia, Havila, 
to this day, and Ooh. the dry riverbed is still there. That's awesome. It's powerful. Flowing out from the church to all the world. That's really neat. Healing and restoring the whole earth so that even the desert lands become transformed into a garden. Uh, that's uh, Isaiah 32, 13 through 17. As the spirit is poured out, Jacob will take root. Israel will, Israel will blossom and sprout and they will fill the whole world with fruit. Mm. Now, I believe we need to start speaking over the Middle East. Come on. That these waters that Bring once flowed flow again. And yeah. I declare that the Middle East will once flow like the Garden of Eden uh -huh. and fruit will spring up. Yeah. Okay. Finally, a very, and it's just still part of the curse and we are going to reverse the curse. And that's why I know it's not the end of the world yet. For this reason, uh, um, for, finally, it's a very important aspect of Eden's location is that it was on a mountain. Did you mm. know that? Eden itself was probably a plateau on the mountaintop. This follows from the fact that the source of water for the world was in Eden. Yep. And the river simply cascaded down the mountain. Beautiful. Parting into Come four on. heads as it, travail, as it traveled. Wow. Furthermore, when God speaks to the king of Tyre, referring to himself as he were uh, Adam in terms of man's original calling, he says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. You were on the holy mountain of God. Amen. And it was up. It was awesome. So that Eden was the original holy mountain explains the significance of God's choice as mountains of sites for his redemptive work. And we've talked about this, but I want to go down here because I know how much time I have left. This blew my mind. I want to I want to end this. And this is my mom's Valentine. So if you're mo watching mom, happy Valentine. Ma. I did not make my mom one because I didn't want to infect her. I, so made I didn't want to I didn't want to do everybody. a um, I didn't want to do like a uh, type, you know, type blanket or something. Mom, this is it. Okay, I got this for you. You ready? Yes. Okay. So the Pishon River, originating in Eden, flowed around the whole land of Havala, where there is gold. And the gold is good. Now, the Bedulam and the Onyx Stone were there. Now, write that down. Bedulam and Onyx Stone. This is going to blow your mind. This is, you guys, this is so cool. Just hold on to your yeah, tushies. Ready. The intent of these verses is clearly to connect our minds to the Garden of Eden with precious stones and minerals. And this point is made in other biblical references that speak of Eden. The most obvious reference is in God's statement to the fallen Adam, part of which are quoted above. Ezekiel 28, 13. Read that, Matt, would you please? You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the lapis, azuli, the turquoise, the emerald, and the gold. So when we... Lapis... Isn't that the lap, lapis, lapis lose? But here's like the thing. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like heaven. It is. That's the new Jerusalem. Come on. But Eden what had all precious stones everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. It was just easy to get. In fact, the ground seems to have been fairly littered with sparkling gems of all sorts. According to the next verse, it says, You walked in the midst of the stones, stones of fire. fire. The abundance of jewelry is regarded as a blessing of fellowship with God. In Eden meant being surrounded with beauty. Moses tells us that the gold of the land was good, i.e. in its native state, unmixed with other minerals. The fact that gold must now be mined from the earth by costly methods is a result of the curse in the flood. That's good, Leah. The stone that wow. is called onyx in scripture may be identical to the stone that's named today, but no one knows for sure. There is even less certainty regarding the nature of bedlam, but get this. There are some very interesting things about these stones that appear in biblical history and salvation. When God redeemed his people from Egypt, he ordered the high priest to wear special garments. What did he have on his shoulders? Two, Two onyx stones. Okay. With the names of the 12 tribes of Israel on them. And God declares that these stones are what? Memorial stones. What are they a memorial to? 
Eden. Eden, remember the jewels of Eden. Remember my covenant. Remember Eden. We focus so much on coming out of Israel. We, re we don't recognize the whole point of them coming out of Israel was to turn back to eat, to recognize that God wanted to again about the bring them back plate to Eden. that they had on their chest with all the stones on it? The no, plate. that's it, because that's the, that it's the is priest's the, so that priest's blessed state has all those stones. Remember mm -hmm. Eden. Remember the beauty of Eden. Remember the beauty of Eden. He was, the high priest was in many ways a symbol. And it's all about a relationship with God like they had in Eden. It's the Ex main point, bingo. not necessarily some sort of, you know, rituals and a bunch of like hoops mm -hmm. to jump through. It's about right. walking with God in the spirit. <laughs> and the beauty that he had and remember and Eden. And the waters of being born again. Remember Eden. Remember the beauty. Remember what he created you to be in. And it's God. It's and and the high priest was supposed to be a symbol of man fully restored into God's image, and thus to remember the blessings of the garden. When man had communion with God, the stones were to serve as reminders to the people that in saving them, God was restoring them to Eden. An even more striking example was that um, in what we are told of God's provision of manna. Get this: in itself, manna was a reminder of Eden. For even while God's people were in the wilderness on their way to the promised land, food was plentiful, good tasting, and easy to find, of course, as it had been in the garden. Moses recorded that the manna was the color of bedlam. Oh, wow. That's really cool. He, so it's very interesting. So Numbers uh, eleven seven. The only occurrence of that word apart from its original mention in the book of Genesis. So uh, eleven seven says... And the manna was a coriander seed, and the color thereof was the color of bedlam. Bedellium. Be, be, okay, thank you. Bedellium is only used twice. The occurrence of the word, apart from the original book in Genesis, is that's the only other time. But we can know what color it is, okay, because we know manna was white. Uh, we don't know exactly what bedellium is now. But we know that it says it was the color of bedellium, and we're told that the manna was white. In our so Lord's comparison, actually, in our Lord's message, could this? This is going to blow your mind. In the Book of Revelation, God uses the imagery of Eden, is used again to describe the nature of salvation. Okay, so I'm going to get to you. Revelation chapter two, verse three. Okay, write this down. This is so cool. I'm so excited about this. This is kind of a punchline for today. Where are we? Where are we? Oh, Revelations 2 through 3. So on one occasion, he promises to him that overcomes, I will give him some hidden manna, verses 217. I'm going to read this to you. And he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes, I will give to eat the hidden manna, which would be like white, right? And I will give him a white stone. I will give him the bedlam. How do you oh, say it? Oh, that's really cool. Bedellium? I will give him the bedellium. The bedellium. I'm showing them right now. The bedellium. I will give him the bedellium, the white stone. Cool. No, it's awesome. And in the stone, this is really cool, is written a new name, mm. which no man saves. So we're going back to Eden and you're getting a new name. Everything is becoming new. This white stone. It's noteworthy that these statements regarding onyx and bedellium were made as Israel was traveling through the land of Havalah. As they journeyed, they could observe the terrible effects of the curse, which had turned this beautiful, well-watered land into a waste and howling wilderness while they, through grace, were able to enjoy the blessing of the Garden of Eden, this theme, Eden restoration, was also evident in the abundance of the use of gold for the tabernacle and the temple. Everything was covered in gold. The, 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 the Ark of the Covenant was covered in old. The cherubims were covered in old. The, the, the pomegranates were covered in old. The garments of the high priest, 
the forfeited privileges of the first Adam are restored to us by the last Adam as we once again come into the presence. We're covered in gold. The, the land is covered in gold. Going back, we have to understand and experience in their prophecies of the coming Messiah and his blessings of the Old Testament. Prophets concentrated on this Eden imagery of jewelry, describing salvation in terms of, an, of adorning his people. Matt, will you read this? This is going to be Isaiah 60. This is just so beautiful. Behold. Hold on. Set your stones in enmity. Antimony. Antimony. That's not a word we use. Yeah. And your foundations I'll lay in sapphires. Moreover, I'll make your battlements of rubies and your gates of crystal and your entire wall of precious stones. So that's Isaiah 54. Go ahead now. This is Isaiah 60. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. The riches. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels, a Midian, and Ephah, and all from Sheba. Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Surely the islands took to me. Look to me. Look to me. In the le- the lead 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 are the ships of Tarshish, bring bringing your sons from afar with their silver and gold to the honor of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. For He has endowed you with splendor. Mm, come on your now. Your gates will always stand open. They yes. Will never be shut day yes. Day night. So that men may bring you the wealth of the nations. What does that sound like? That sounds like revelation. It says that the gates will not be shut. This is a prophecy of what we're to live out right now. And we're living like paupers. The wealth of the seas will be brought unto you. The riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels and Midian. Do you understand? I'm bringing your sons from afar with their silver and their gold to honor the Lord God. He's endowed you with splendor. Your gates are always going to be open. Do you understand the preciousness of Eden restored, paradise restored in you, throughout you. This is the kingdom of God, and it's not just for us today. It's not just yesterday. It's for the future. It's for your posterity. It's for generation after generation. It's the kingdom of God expanding. It's a kingdom. When Putin described Russia, he went back to 600 AD, and he said, here is Mother Russia. This is Mother New Jerusalem. As the kingdom expands and gets better and better, and all the wealth of the nations keep coming in and coming in and coming in. You see, when you die, you don't die. You live on. It doesn't matter if you receive it here. That's great. But you're going to live it in heaven. You can have it here. You can have it in heaven. We're bringing heaven into earth and you can experience it here and you will experience it in heaven. Do you understand? That's why the apostles died. They were in that shaking. They were in that time of breaking. They were saying, hang on, hang on. It's coming. Hang on. It's coming. And in AD 70, the temple was destroyed and the old covenant went gone and the new covenant came in and now you get to live in it and now you get to breathe in it and now you live in Eden now. And this is the gospel that they are keeping from you. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation, from beginning to end. And it's written on your heart and his name is written on your forehead. And he's given you a stone and it's, he's given you the name. hidden manna and he's given you a new name. Amen. Come on. And you have the healing of the nations. And I'll tell you what, there's a reason why the Baptists are in timers and they believe in cessation of the, they don't, be, they don't believe the gifts are now because they aren't living in Eden restored. Mm-mm. And they don't have the healing for the nations. They have judgment. They have repentance. But they don't have restoration. And the Holy Spirit wants you to have that restoration. That time. The apostles didn't die for nothing. The the founding father said, they gave their lives and their fortune, their sacred honor for us to live in a good land. Mm -hmm. And the disciples gave their lives for us to live in a good land. 
And there are other people that gave their lives for other people to live in a good land. Mm. To live in Eden. This is the theme. Malachi chapter 317. And our work in God's creation, 1 Corinthians uh, 3, 11 through 15. In the terms of jewelry, and at the end of history, the whole city of God is, God is a dazzling, brilliant display of precious stones. The story of paradise thus gives us important information about the origin and meaning of precious stones and metals. And therefore, here you go, mom, of money as well. You see, right in the beginning, God placed value on gold and gems, having created them as a reflection of his own glory. Mm, I'm going to get you somewhere. That's why the silver and gold are God's money. The original value of precious metals and stones was therefore aesthetic rather than economic. Their economic significance grew out of the fact that they were valued for beauty. Aesthetics was prior to economics. Historically, gold came to serve as a medium of exchange precisely because its, because its value was independent of and prior to its monetary function. Gold is not intrinsically valuable. Only God um, possesses intrinsic value. Instead, it is valuable because man, as God's image, imputes it, value to it. Biblically, a medium of, of exchange is, a first, is first a commodity, an item with which men value as such. Scripture always measures money by weight, not by paper, by hand currency. Hard currency. Hard currency. Leviticus 19, um, 13, 30, um, 37. 35. And it's important to note that there's a limited supply of it, whereas some people would argue, well, we add, we say that the paper dollar or crypto are valuable, mm. so we can use them. But that's mm -hmm. right. But that's not logical. Leviticus nineteen thirty five. Not limited. Thank you. You shall do amount. no unrighteousness in judgment in meta yard in weight or in measure. Just balances, just weights, a just ephah, a just hen shall you have. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe all my statutes and judgments. He condemns any form of inflation. As a debasement of currency, Proverbs 11, 1, 20, 10, uh, Isaiah 1, 22. Let's just go to, to one of those. Um, let's go to Proverbs uh, 11, 1. You know, what all of this should teach us is what mankind puts value on mm -hmm. is not what God puts value on. God says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord and a just weight is his, but a just weight is his delight. And so we look at mankind values things and stuff and God gave us gold and silver and said, this is what I value. Mm. You value this. Proverbs 20 verse 10, all kinds of weights and different kinds of measures, both of them alike are an abomination. That's the federal reserve. When, when you have a, when you have a monetary system that's fluctuating, mm. That literally says it's an abomination to God. And just if you think it's just an Old Testament proverb, uh, you go to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 22. The silver has become dross. The wine is mixed with water. Mm. Anytime you, you, debase, you debase God's money, he water hates it. it. He absolutely hates it. God has placed value upon precious metals and stones, not paper. And he has built in us an attraction to them. But he has all, and I, some people are like, I don't like a paper dollar. Uh, but he has also made it clear that these things cannot be permanently owned or enjoyed apart from fellowship with him. Here's some good stuff. The ungodly are allowed to mine these materials and to own them for a time in order that their wealth may be ultimately possessed by the restored people of God. Though he, the wicked man, piles up silver like dust and prepares garments as plentiful as the clay, he may prepare it, but the just shall wear it. 
and the innocent will divide the silver. Job. That's good. To the sinner, he has given the task of gathering and collecting so that he may give to one who is good in God's sight. Ecclesiastes 2. He who increases his wealth by usury and extortion gathers it for him who will be kind to the poor. Indeed, there is a basic principle that is always at work throughout history. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Come on, let's go. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait in the Lord will inherit the earth. Mm, The whole thing. A God-fearing nation will be blessed with abundance while apostate nations will eventually lose their resources. So what we did in this revival on Saturday was to say, God, I want us to be blessed again. We're going to start in the nation of Indiana. That's good. We want Indiana to be blessed. We're going to repent. We're going to turn to you. I want to see Eden restored. Reminder, this documentary that calls out Alfred Kinsey, Mm -hmm. this snake that we were taking down on Saturday night Mm -hmm. in Indiana, who literally the inception of Kinsey was in Indiana. Mm -hmm. This documentary, The War on Our Children, comes out yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it's like, here we go. You know, we've got the documentary that's going to come out for the Sika Circle shortly. Uh, the documentary that Scott Kesterson and Lee and I are doing mm-hmm. coming out shortly. I say shortly. Don't take my Jesus turn. It's going to come out at some point. Let's put it that way. Okay. Hopefully before <laughs> 2,000 years. Yes. <laughs> It'll be before then. My point is God is moving mm-hmm. in such a huge way mm-hmm. here in the United States. And I think everybody feels it. Mm-hmm. Each state is special, yeah. but we're going to do this one state at a time mm-hmm. and you're going to watch the giants fall. Well, it's county by county. You just tackle the principalities and whatnot where you're at. Amen. Yeah. And, and get involved. You know, I mean, everyone's watching the Super Bowl. I mean, how many people were, you know, catching up on their local political scene, you know, Amen. instead of the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Not that they're going to have like a, a city council or you know county commission meeting or something like that on the super bowl sunday but you know yeah i mean are we interested in like the latest like series that's on tv or do we want to see what's actually going on because if you know what's going on then you can actually be a part of the change yeah get involved instead of just being asleep get involved in bringing eden to the planet so michelle and matt final thoughts uh tonight uh, about Eden restored. I'm and the so love letter ready. Okay, just uh, like I said earlier, I'm ready to be going and making withdrawals. Now, I don't just mean withdrawals of provision because mm-hmm. those are important, and, and a lot of us need that. I'm talking about withdrawals of health. I'm mm-hmm. talking about withdrawals of dominion, mm-hmm. of being able to say to somebody that comes and tells you you can't farm on your land that you can, of you know getting animals and getting land of gifts of the spirit to be able to witness to your neighbors to get them filled with the holy spirit to take down rulers and principalities in your community in your state literally so many of us come up against earlier in the show sherry isaiah 41 uh, 10 here in the chat one of our moderators and friends she was saying that she needed to testify because january was a really hard month for her she Mm -hmm. was looking at things financially and it was really really difficult she said she's had a complete 100 percent turnaround Okay, and she just feels so light 
And and I'm just like, well, praise let's, God, let's Sherry. go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm ready to start kicking the devil out and kicking yeah. the devil in the teeth and throwing him into the lake of fire yeah. and to walking in these greater, greater works. And so, yes, it includes finances. Yes, it includes gold and silver. And, and most of us, most of our troubles kind of lie in finances. Mm-hmm. But for me, if you can take down rulers and, and principalities in your area, the finances just flow. Mm-hmm. Right. Because a lot of us are are subject to the ruling of rulers and principalities that we have allowed them to have over our area. Mm-hmm. And we just start taking it back. And then the next thing you know, them putting in another dollar general doesn't happen down the street because it's going to become farmland again. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't put in another Hooters because we're not putting in another restaurant. We're not putting in some sort of satanic perversion thing. We literally start tearing down these walls, tearing down these strongholds, and you will watch the a reverse de-evolution of modern industrial complexes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's Amen. my, that's Matt, it. Final thoughts for tonight? Well, to me, it's just, like I said earlier, it just goes back to like the county by county where you're at individually you know, taking authority of it, walking in dominion in Christ and walking in that Garden of Eden place. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Isaiah 2. And many people shall go and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For mm. out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he will judge among the nations and he shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore in that That's day. Good. Lord God, I just thank you for the people listening. I thank you, Father God, uh, that you are moving. I thank you that you're bringing all nations into you. I pray, Father God, for a deep repentance and a reflection to come upon uh, your people, that they would throw off the uh, end times theory Amen. that teaches them to sit down. And I just pray that you expose the false antichrist teaching that we're waiting for some one wicked man to come in over and rule the world when jesus christ has ruled the world i pray father god that you show the world that the revelation is not about the antichrist but about christ oh that's good and i pray father god that you show revelation is not about the end of the world but the end of the the jewish age and in the beginning of the new covenant and the new creation i pray father god every person will be washed washing right now we wash in your in your blood i pray father god for every person that rivers of living water will flow out of them for the healing of the nations that they will lay hands on the sick and they shall see them recover i thank you father god that they will open blind eyes. I thank you, Father God, that they will speak liberty to the captives, uh, recover his sight to the blind. They will speak, the, they will preach and speak the acceptable year of the Lord. And I thank you, Father God, that you, as you did vengeance in eighty seventy, that you are doing vengeance. And I say, hold on. His justice is coming quickly and he is coming on the John. clouds and his glory is coming. So hang on, dear saints. The word of the Lord to you now is just as it was in Revelation. And he's speaking to you now just as he did to speak to that generation. And you say, what can Revelation do for me? It can give you excitement. It can give you hope because if he if he spoke for things of justice and judgment for his believers in, in, in days gone by, he speaks justice and judgment to the believers right now. And those who are apostate, those who have fallen away to the LG LGBT idolatry. Do you understand? This is another coming, another coming of Christ yes. coming, another coming of Christ in judgment. So you hang on, hang on, dear children, hang on, because he's going to bring destruction. He is going to bring destruction, but it doesn't come on you. It doesn't come on you. It doesn't come on your family. It doesn't come on your children. If you have repented, if you found your way in him, hang on, hang on, do not fall away. This is the same kind of falling away, but it's not the same falling away. Do you see that Jesus is coming? He is coming in the clouds. He's coming riding in the clouds, just like he came in justice and judgment in the Old Testament. He came in justice and judgment in 8070. 
and he came throughout the history the last 2,000 years of the church do you understand that we've come here because of many comings of Jesus because of the saints came together and they sang and they sang and they praised and, and they called upon those saints in heaven who are singing now singing praises to the in the throne of God singing God how long how long until your justice how long until your judgment and just Amen. because we've got Abraham uh, Lincoln just next to Abraham and Isaac and they're singing together. Don't you know that George Washington yes. is standing next to James? Yes. Don't you know Come that Paul on. and Silas Hallelujah. is standing next to William Penn? Don't oh, you know that now go. we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses? Whether it's Harry, Harriet Beecher Stowe, whether it's Harriet Tubman, whether it's... Um, a, a, whether it's Martin Luther King Jr., we've got a great cloud of witnesses who are watching us right now, who are saying, "Let my people go, come, come together." And it's not the content; it Amen. is not, 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 not your outside, but the content of your character. And we are going to judge each other by the content of our character. And we are going to stop these foreign wars. We just speak to the war in Ukraine and this war of Russia right now. We speak revival over Russia and revival over Ukraine, and they shall be one yes. once again. Amen. And wow. all of the all of Eastern Europe, Father God, will now be one once again. And they will say, "Christ is our King," and they will put down their weapons. They will put down their and they will put Amen. down their, their their airplanes and to all those Amen. neocons that are getting rich off of all of this and are, are, are trying to usher in some sort of end times craziness I just rebuke you right now in Jesus name and I pray against every person who is sending money into the Ukraine who's sending war and not speaking life and love because all you needed to come together and say Ukrainians worship Jesus Russians worship Jesus let's find a common yes. ground but you would not and you could not because you are literally lining your pockets with the blood of dead soldiers and I just rebuke you right now and the tears of those widows who and, and mothers and sisters who have lost those soldiers are coming now in judgment upon your head, upon your pocketbook. And the Lord says, I'm taking away your yachts. I'm taking you by your airplane. Mm. And all of you, whether you are, um, whether your last name is Trump, and mm. I'm not talking about Donald Trump, but Ivanka, or, or a Jared Kushner, or those who are who are who line their pockets mm. illegally or wrongfully. The Lord says, "I will, I will divide the sheep from the goats. I will, I will, and you shall see the Lord God Himself dividing the sheep from the goats. And you will say, I didn't know those were sheep, and I didn't know those were goats. And I, you will see Him coming in this generation, in this generation. And as our friend Kirby is up in heaven now, watching now, he is asking." Asking for justice on this generation. He is asking for this generation of young people to be revived, to be have the reconciliation of Jesus Christ so they will know who they are. And his prayers right now are joining with our prayers. And we are going to save this generation from the cruel, untimely medical intervention that would genitally mutilate these children. And Kirby says, now I am stronger, more powerful wow, than I was on. before. <laughs> and I will join with prayers of the saints. I am joining with an Abraham Lincoln. I am joining with a George Washington. Yes. And we are going to stop in this yes. generation because we are now beating the drums of a holy war, a holy war in a holy mountain in a holy Mount Zion. And don't you know that the kingdom of God in the new Jerusalem is expanding now. It is expanding greater. You are going to see the greatest expansion of the kingdom of God in this generation than we have ever seen because we are now pushing forward. The Lord says, push on the walls, push on the walls, push on the walls of the new Jerusalem and expand them into the Middle East, expand them into South America and expand them all around. And I just pray, Father God, for a Jave Mele who thinks that he's Jew. You're not a Jew. Come to Jesus. You have to come Amen. to know Jesus. Jesus is your own salvation. He's your own Savior. Do not be led astray. The Lord says the only salvation, you, there is no salvation apart from Jesus Christ. You can't save a nation. You can't save a soul. And I thank you, Father God, for these children, these children who are calling out for a father, that you're going to put them in homes right now, for these empty nesters, for these boomers, for these people who weren't able to have children, that you're going to bring children into their Amen. homes. Hallelujah. And I thank you for a restoration of love and a restoration of these men who finally have a reason to live. They wake up every day and they're going to chop wood and they're going to build homes and they're Amen. going to be homes for these children that they didn't even know they had. And the Lord says many more will be the children of the uh, of, the, of the widow than those who are of the married wife. And the, many of you women who did not have many children of your own, you're going to be a 
adopting children, they will love you more than your own children. And they will love you more. Many of your children have gone sideways. And the Lord says, I'm bringing you in children. I see them coming in from South America. I'm seeing them coming in from Africa. I'm seeing them in Europe. You will, you will, you're going to adopt children. You will adopt African children. You're going to walk, adopt the children, children. But the young men will go home. The young men will go home and build homes and houses. And I thank you that many of you in mm. Europe will actually begin to do a migration. There Come will on. be a European migration into Africa. And you will build homes. And there will be a mixture of those in the cultures and the races. And there will be a mixture. But it won't be the mixture that, 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 that the world is pushing. But my mixture. You see, there has been too much of a line between Europe and Africa. And the Lord says, I'm opening up Africa for those who will farm it, for those who will love it. And Europeans, as they settled once then, now they will settle once again. And there will be a, a black African and a, and a white European. And they will, they will plow together and they will plant together. And they will grow together. The Netherlands, you will spread out once again. Mm. And you will grow once again. And there will be healing in South Africa. And there will be healing in Zambia. There will be healing in Zaire and Zimbabwe. And in the breadbasket of Africa, you shall build you shall build barns. You shall build houses. You shall build and not another man uh, uh, break down. And there will be water and there will be trees. And you will love one another and you will be clothed with great clothing and there will be you will find minerals and diamonds and jewels because Africa, you are my new Eden and you shall not allow China in anymore. China, China is for the Chinese and you shall build and you shall grow. The Lord says, I will give you rice plantations once again in Africa and you will grow your own rice and you will be you will be wealthy once again in, in China. And I'm giving you back the, the land that was stolen from you by Chairman Mao in China In China and China. You will against you again be rural uh, farmers once again and you will leave the cities and you will go be generational once again and you will and 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 the darkness on your mind and your eyes and your light light will come and the children will come the children the grandchildren will come and many will come many will come many will come and you will be filled with children you see the replacement you don't need replacements but there will be african children in china i say that i I will see african african children in china i will see african children in china i will see african children in chinese 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 and there will be new families built you see there will be new families built you see there Mm. will be new families built because they have spread they have spread into their own into their own conclaves and the lord says i have one race i am a human race uh, do not look at races do not look at races uh the the, the races are caused by discrimination and the lord says there are no races in, in heaven there is only one race and it is your soul is one race and you will speak one language the holy language of god and you will speak it to one another even if your languages do not meet or mesh i will speak one language and you will know it's the language of love and i thank you father god that there's a language of love is happening and taiwan i will save you and you shall be saved and the lord says i will raise up a new nation a new nation a new nation, a new nation is being born. A new nation, a new nation. There will be a new nation in the east, in the Middle East, in China, in the Middle East. You will have a new nation, you have a new nation, and it will be like the new America. And they will have the principles of the Holy Spirit and the founding of the documents of Jesus. And the Jesus, Jesus will grow, and the Christianity will begin to grow, and it begin to fervor. The, the fervor of the gospel will begin to spread. And I thank you for it. And we seal these words up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ooh, there you go. And then I shall sanitize. Oh, there. So, um, uh, Kirby's got a thing on Um, we're going to be going on Friday. My, I muted my mic. Sorry. We're going to be going on Friday. We wanted to go on Thursday, but I'm going to let myself get a little bit healthier before I go. Um, if you guys want details on that, you know Kirby, you live somewhere close. Just, Kettering. 
just shoot Ohio. me an email. It's mm -hmm. in Kettering, Ohio, if you guys want to go. Um, we will be going on Friday morning. So you can shoot me an email at massfaith, M-A-S-F-A-I-T-H 33 at gmail.com. I do want to do a little bit of a plug, though, before we go. Okay. This is the OBE Elite Elixir. Okay. Mm. It is one of the most vile things you'll ever taste. Okay. I mean, it's just absolutely disgusting. Mm. It's gross. It's really bad. It's it's oregano oil on fire. Mm. Okay. Well, our taste buds are a little bit off, number one. Yes. Because it's, it's like the things that are really healthy for us, we don't eat. And then... You know, typically the unhealthy things that cause like cancer and but heart it problems. But it is intense. Eat. So. But um, since Leah has been a little bit um, sideways, we've all been taking Ooh. it, and yep. uh, it's so bad. But it works. Elderberry, if you put it inside claw, of your or, body, oregano, nothing can live other than anything good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's that intense. It's so gross. It's really bad. So. I've never tried to, to sell you guys on anything that's so bad in my life. Um, but you can go to organicbodyessentials.com, use promo code RC. It is there. It is the Elite Elixir um, Immune System Support. It contains over 30 incredible oils and extracts. Remember, she has prayed over everything that she's gotten and mm -hmm. all of the recipes. So this I do Elite believe Elixir I should is be worse amazing. compared to what I've been taking. Yes. I'm doing pretty good. Yep. So what will smell like a giant hoagie with extra oregano? No, because there's more stuff in here than that. There's elderberry. There is like cinnamon and cloves and cat's claw and frankincense and like grapes, oregano. grapefruit. Mostly it's the, the, there's golden seal, holy basil, myrrh, turmeric, uh, cotsfoot, licorice, cloves. So, so there's so much Japanese's stuff. thing on the 24th. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So we are doing a, a kind of a, a homesteading prepper basics okay mm -hmm. um on the 24th you can go to let's do this let's do this together as a as a group go to resistancechicks.com okay let me pull up here we are there's resistancechicks.com click on the uh you actually can click on the old school survival boot camp thing because it'll take you to the show and event calendar which is there um down here we have co-creating with heaven with Pastor Devonese, Saturday, <laughs> February 24th at Transformed Life Church, um, 421 Wood Street in Piqua, Ohio. So we've got people that are going to be talking about uh, gardening, three survival basics, water, food, and power, um, what's growing in your yard, and uh, a medieval garden, pantries, bartering, and co-ops, free food. And then, of course, Leah and I will be there to talk about raising chickens what you should know about anything raising chickens. So all of the information and how to sign up for that is on the show and event calendar if you guys want to join us for that. Um, I know that these shows are going down in the annals of history, so forgive me for um, if you're it's, watching this three years down the road. It's too bad you're not having a an end times like New Jerusalem event. Funny, Matt. To teach people like the excitement <laughs> of living in like a big city and like a little tiny... It's apartment thing yes. that's the size of a refrigerator we're not doing that like exactly that. um but okay so let's go through this in order then on and i haven't i'm gonna make a flyer for this i just haven't done it yet but i want you to put i really want you guys to put this on the calendar the uh bards fest total solar eclipse revival that we're going to be doing april 8th in brookville ohio at pastor neil peterson's church and then of course old school survival boot camp may 17th through the 19th 
Um, we may even convince the Kansas Cowboy Matt to come with us this year, which he would love. Uh, you can use promo code RCHICKS. You'll save 35% off of a three-day pass. So we want to see you guys there May 17th through the 19th. We want to see you this month um, with Pastor Devonese and Leah and myself. She's actually got some radio slot ads uh, to advertise for it. So I think it's going to be a phenomenal just homesteading basics event. You want to get your feet wet. You want to get in there. Um, that's what this is going to be. So really excited about that. Matt, thanks for coming on tonight. Matt always is fun. Everybody comes for the mat, the mat itch. What is in the bottle? Well, go to uh, organicbodyessentials.com and look yep, what's in the bottle. She lays it all out. She, she does. all the details. Um, also, last but not least, Patriot Gallery has done a phenomenal Valentine's Day episode uh, that she did, I think, late last night. There so were you guys, a couple other shows before that. There were. Um, God says the storm is about to hit. Month of Adar, Purim, and Prophecy... So there's edited part one and edited part two that you guys can watch on our Rumble channel and on li literally everywhere where all of our shows are at. Um, there's uh, different edited parts of the Dan Patch revival. If you want it kind of all of the stuff condensed into one big, huge shout out to um, Patriot Gallery for doing that kind of the highlights there, the testimony from of healing from the Dan Patch revival. Um, it's it was so good. So that's what you guys have to watch. And I hope that you have a have had a wonderful St. Valentine's Day. Go back and listen if you came late to the story of St. Valentine. It's actually really powerful and very fitting with what we're taking on with the rulers and principalities of them trying to attack the way that God designed men and women to be together. Right, Matt? Okay. Amen. All right. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, we will see you on Friday. Once again, Brighteon will be a rerun on Brighteon.tv because they're still filming their documentary down in Texas. But you can tune in. We will be live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What, Leah? She's, she's agreeing. Oh, and Leah will actually be here at 7 this week. You won't get an hour-long monologue with Michelle because Leah missed the time. Um, I don't know. It could become a new part of the show. An hour-long part of monologue with Michelle. You know, I think this could we could work this out. And then again, I know we didn't do a world news program on Sunday. Leah had an entire show prepared, but we were just too exhausted from staying up all night with revival. And then Leah got sick, so it just didn't happen. But we will be here this Sunday for our world news program. Very excited about that. We will we'll double up. Yeah, we were pushing the trend to get back. On, you know, yes. trying to make time on the road. Now, I don't think, um, so this didn't end up happening. Scott has a new right. show that he's doing that we're helping with, um, and, and sometimes joining with on Saturdays with the gospel of peace. But I think that he is going to be at an event that we will live stream. I don't know if you guys remember CJ and Rick, they're doing a deliverance conference in, um, somewhere in Oregon. And so wherever that's streaming, we will live stream that as well. I'll find out what time that is. But I think Scott's going to be there. So no gospel of peace, but but be on the lookout for that. So, all right. We will see you guys next time right Bye. here from resistancechicks.com. Until, it was Scott always say, until now, until, until then, until the next time, and out for now. Bye, guys. Bye.